0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan.
1: I'm Delilah Lugo.
0: Jason Kwasnicki here. Today, we're here to talk about a really fucking long video game. Um, Reap the Spoils is a monthly spoiler cast. We play a game, and then we come back and talk about it. And we let you know ahead of time so you can play that game, and then you can come listen to the episode while we talk about it. Uh, Delilah... What game did we play this month?
1: Horizon Forbidden West. Yes. I almost said Zero Dawn.
0: I I I, <laughs> I was thinking she's gonna say Zero Dawn. <laughs> and that and I was, and in my head, I was like, that's right, right? No, it's Forbidden West. <laughs> um, yeah, last month we we played Horizon Zero Dawn and it's DLC uh expansion, The Frozen Wilds in preparation for Horizon Forbidden West, which is out, came out last month and we finally, uh, we finally finished. Um, so yeah, we are here to talk about Horizon Forbidden West. So if you have not played Horizon Forbidden West, and remember, that's Forbidden West, not Zero Dawn. We already talked about Zero Dawn. Now we're talking about Forbidden West. It's sequel. If you haven't played that one. Uh, pause this episode. Go buy it. Go play it. Then come back and listen to us talk about it uh, for however long this episode's going to be. I, 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 I'm i scared. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, final warning, we're going to be spoiling Horizon Forbidden West, but not until we have a brief history lesson. Are we ready for that? Yes. So pretty much just a continuation from last episode's history lesson, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I almost said Forbidden West there, Uh, released on February 28th, 2017 for the PlayStation 4. With Frozen Wilds releasing on November seventh that same year, um, the game director is of this game is the same as Zero Dawn. It's Matthias De Young. Again, I keep,
2: I keep wanting to just say Matthews Dong. Like, Jesus I don't know, right. it, like the the name. It just keeps when I
0: read it, it keeps coming together. That'll <laughs> be an awesome name. <sighs> <sighs> uh uh, Gorilla Games, the developer, is a Dutch studio. Apologies to anyone whose names I butcher. Uh, the narrative director—I gotta imagine—I'm getting this name right. Was uh, Benjamin McCall? Uh, the PlayStation, the official PlayStation podcast, um, in the over the past few months has actually had a hori- like a supplementary Horizon podcast that they've been doing, and he—he's been on a lot of those episodes talking through. Uh, lore and narrative uh, features that were in Zero Dawn. And I think they're going to resume talking about uh, Forbidden West pretty soon now that the game's been out. So check that out if you want to hear more lore discussions with some of the developers. It's was, it was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, Forbidden West, that came out on February 18th, 2002 or 2000, 2002, 2022 Uh, this year for the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. And this game, this series, I, I want to bring this up because this series is kind of cursed. Because <laughs> um, we talked about it a little bit last episode. Zero Dawn came out exactly a week before The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And this game came out exactly a week before Elden Ring. Two two games that like Breath of the Wild still lingers as one of the most talked about one of the quote-unquote greatest games of all time and Elden Ring's kind of also in that conversation uh it's right now
1: really terrible I now even be completely transparent that it ruined my experience of Horizon <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I have not played Elden Ring yet I just have I I I was the last person to beat Horizon Forbidden West and I beat it uh as a, as of the day that we're recording, I beat it yesterday. Historic um, first,
2: folks! I beat this game before yeah, these two slopes. Yes, really.
0: Um, I it, it it's just, it's so much. We'll talk about it, but like, yeah, th- this game, this series is just so cursed to have. I I'm curious to see what uh when the VR game comes out, what industry defining game comes out a week after the VR the VR launches.
1: Oh my god. Like yeah. it's got
0: to be a VR game. watch. That's going to be when like Half-Life <laughs> Alex. I was just going to say half,
1: that. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. Half-Life <laughs> Alex is going to come to PlayStation VR2 and ev- and everyone's just going to be like, "Oh, sorry Horizon, we got to talk about Half-Life now." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, it it I feel like it's bound to happen. Something. It's it, this series is just cursed. Um so yeah, that's that's really the history lesson. I like to keep these things brief. And I, I just wanted to acknowledge Elden Ring. Uh, there's one more thing I do want to acknowledge uh, before we uh, get into the meat and potatoes of this game, and that's the ongoing situation that's happening in the Ukraine right now. Um, I think I, I'm pretty confident in speaking for all of us. Uh, here at reap the spoils and that we we stand with the ukrainian uh people that are being victimized and terrorized by uh russians russia's invasion right now uh and it fucking sucks and it's it's rippling through everything including the video games industry so i feel that it's relevant and important to bring up um do whatever you can to support the people that are suffering over there absolutely the slava ukraine (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you jason all right that being said are we ready to talk about horizon forbidden west yeah yeah jason, you ready yep you
2: all set you yeah excited can i just start with an analogy sure
0: yeah let's go mm.
2: that I feel, I feel like i'm gonna bring these up i feel like this is something i've been doing past few episodes where i like okay. i I look at other games in the past and see similarities with games that we're talking about. Okay. Well, particularly when we're talking about new releases. Yeah. There are two games that came to mind repeatedly when playing through this. That, were they Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I think of influences that probably impacted the development team behind this. Yeah. And that really shine through. And those are Mass Effect 2 and Witcher 3. Okay. Um, And I don't know how well they hit it. This is definitely a step up from the previous game. But it seems that for every two steps forward, there was a step. Not a step back, necessarily. A step that stood still, that didn't move.
1: A step.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. We'll we'll talk about it more in depth.
1: I'll just say that I 100% agree with you uh, about everything you said. Except I didn't see Witcher. I saw more Assassin's Creed. Because I felt like...
2: well. That's that's what I'm going to talk about with The Witcher 3, um, okay. particularly particularly when it comes to the first area,
1: mm. because
2: this game has a first area that serves very much in the similar fashion to The Witcher 3. That first area serves as a small tutorial open world, mm. and then you get the expansion. I see. yeah. But where Witcher 3 succeeded, I think this game didn't succeed as much, but we'll get into it.
1: Okay. Mm.
0: Um I, I, I think the, the thing I I want to start off with is uh I wanna I, I wanna open up talking about Aloy, uh a character we're all uh very familiar with, uh obviously after playing <clears throat> Zero Dawn. And her development as a character in this game. Um what did you guys how how did you guys uh view that? How did you guys view her character uh as it as it pertains to this game? Because I I found her to be really frustrating, especially in the first (laughs) half. Yeah. Um, Because she just, like, she's got all these allies, she's got all these friends, and yet she just keeps having the mentality of, I've got to go it alone. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I wouldn't go that far. Although sometimes she could be. But, like, she she would just shut these people out and be like, I got to do th- I got to do this myself. I only, I can do this. Like, no, shut the fuck up. You, like they, they, you have friends. They want to help you. Like, why are you yeah. acting like this? It's, it's weird because you get this. They really
2: dug into, and this is why I brought up the mass effect two comparison. They really dug into and explored a, a bigger and more prominent supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we'll get into all that. Um, and
0: I'll and say, I'll add to... real quick, much She's... much to its strength, I thought that the supporting cast was great. Yeah. But go ahead, Jason. Yeah, by and large, yes. Um,
2: but uh, yet, she seems to be almost the exact opposite. Whereas Commander Shepard, obviously, this is a bit unfair because Commander Shepard, you have a lot of agency um, <clears throat> yeah. over how that character acts. But in terms of what you don't have agency over in those games, he's very much a unifying figure, a unifying force. Um, that, that's kind of the whole point of the character. Um, yeah. Whereas Aloy is, I don't, I, I, I could not get a bead on what they were going for. With I her. think,
0: I think the goal was they wanted to play it up that Elizabeth Sobek was a little isolated and a little bit of a loner, or at least that's what Aloy's perception of her is. And she feels that she has to be the same way to live up to uh, Elizabeth's mm-hmm. potential. Um, I
1: saw it a little differently. I mean, just like going back to our conversation about zero dawn, one of my main complaints about Aloy there was that her responses were inconsistent. And I kind of mm-hmm. liked her more when she was a little bit salty. And in this game, she was like that times a hundred. Um, but I chalked it more to not just her, like, trying to be like Elizabeth, but more her finally fully grasping the fact that she was literally created to do this, and she's already lost people that she's cared about, ergo Rost uh, really is the main person, and she just feels like, she feels like if she brings anyone along with her, that they'll get hurt, and she doesn't want to lose anyone else, um... Which actually just ha- does happen, and then after that, yeah. she does have a beautiful like character development towards the end of the game. Um, so I-, I kind of I think I'm a little less cynical about it than you guys, but it did come off as like your typical hero complex, like oh I must do this alone, which right. at sometimes yeah. came across as really annoying. But for the most part, I think I like got where they were going with it.
2: See, to Mark's to Mark's point, um, I do understand what you're saying about the isolation and and the background details. They started revealing about Elizabeth Sobeck, which I wish wasn't in this game, but we'll get into it later. Um, but uh, then all of a sudden, later on in the game, she has kind of an out of nowhere uh, character moment, and then it's kind of dropped again and never really talked about, where she comes to the f- realization that I wanted her to come to in the last game about, about Rost. that he was the person who raised her and they almost get at it and i'm like yes that's where you want to go and then it just goes away and never comes back again
0: well i mean i i i i assume you're referring to the 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 conversation between aloy and beta yes where where beta where, where she she shows a or um she shows Beta, like, this is what you were missing, right? You didn't have a parental figure. You didn't have someone to train you. you didn't right. And, like, yeah, that that is, like, when that happened, when she brought up the the hologram of Rost to prove the point to Beta of this is what you're missing, I said to myself, oh, now you care about Rost. <laughs> exactly. Now you want to bring up Rost because we brought this up in the last episode (laughs) where you can visit ross's grave throughout the game and she'll talk to him and it's like like her grieving of ross is very player driven because you're never forced to go back to his grave but you can to do a little bit of role playing um but like outside of that he's like he's almost never brought up there's a few times throughout this game where he's brought up and like they, they talk about how hard it was on aloy losing him but like it never really felt that way, and then yeah, she, she speaks his name to prove a point, and uh, yeah, I, I, it kind of bothered me when when that happened.
1: I did get a sense that she just wasn't comfortable opening up to anyone about it, so she was kind of bottling up that yeah. that feeling. Because I know when she had conversations with Vral, he was the only one that kind of brought it out of her. Like it's okay to talk about this and like confide in someone about about your like feelings that you genuinely should feel for this person you care about so like I-, I guess they were trying to make her seem like this like person that just keeps everything inside and like takes the brunt of the world onto her own shoulders and it could come a- come across as, as cheesy but I-, I like i feel like it still made sense based on the fact that she isn't really like a human being she's like a clone you know
0: yeah or well, well, really that she doesn't like she doesn't have her own identity even though she does <clears throat> It's like, or she doesn't feel like she has her own identity, right? She like, she, like we've talked about this, where she feels that she has to live up to Elizabeth's potential. Yeah, and
2: if that, it, my only, I, I see where you're coming from, Delilah. My only issue is if that's the direction you want to go, you do have to show scenes of her breaking under that weight and then becoming stronger to bird to shoulder.
1: That yeah, burden, totally.
2: Which
0: the game doesn't really do she's just kind of always aloof you could argue you could argue that when um when you first encounter the zeniths and barely escape and are kind of laying there broken in the utaru village like that was her breaking point but like it also wasn't because she just immediately wanted to just get up and get back out there and varl had to talk her down and be like yeah you need to recover you almost died
1: yeah, um, but in terms of like, yeah, like having those moments where she's like thinking about Ross and breaking down about him, and having like that inner dialogue to yeah. herself that we didn't really get to see that it was like hidden behind like these keepsakes that she has in her room when you unlock the hub area, which is like and three quarter oh, a quarter through the game.
0: There aren't a lot of those, and I found that really disappointing. Yeah, like but, I, I was looking forward to going th- progressing through the game and getting more knickknacks to yeah like, to decorate and- it. Yeah, and yeah. you start off. I started off with like three in the room, and then later you get like one more, and that's kind of it. And like, there is stuff that shows up in the base, which was really cool. Like the base was like this ever-evolving hub for you to go back and visit and talk it's to. It's Normandy. Nor-
1: wanna be Normandy? Yeah, it's,
0: it's yeah. No, exactly. You're completely right. And like, <laughs> it was, re- but it was really cool because, like, first of all, it wasn't as Annoying or frustrating to navigate is the Normandy. It was like kind of like a it had like kind of a spoke layout with rooms all around, and the only thing that that kind of sucked was having to go downstairs. But like it was a brief trip; it wasn't having to like take an elevator down and wait and right. You know, uh, don't need to. I will say one thing I hated about about the base is that in order to fast travel there, you have
2: to go to that campfire right outside. Yeah, and that fucking lady, (laughs) that NPC sitting at the campfire. (laughs) Because throughout throughout the entire open world, there are these campfires, and you'll get random like tips from NPCs. But Rumor. she has the same fucking line that she says every time you sh- you fast travel there. And I'll, I was like,
0: "Don't say it! Don't you say it every time I fast travel there?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was there is there was another uh, fire that was actually right outside the other door. But like I, kept other forget- side. Yeah, yeah. I kept forgetting about that one. So I kept going to the same one you're talking about and she kept on being like yeah. sit sit Nora. Yes, and, uh, exactly. whatever she would say. Uh, but um okay. Uh the the other thing I just want to bring up is about Aloy and they they had to I love that they they actually put out an update for the game to tone down how often she brings up her stash. Mm, yeah. Um but like <laughs> even then, even with that removed, like she talks so much. Yeah. And it it it, it hasn't like she did in the first game and it hasn't if anything it's gotten worse because like there's so many more environmental puzzles and things to solve out in the world and she'll spoil them for you before you can figure them out yourself. Yeah. Like just telling you like, "Oh, there's a box there. I could probably pull that with my pull
1: Like Aloy, I know.
0: She she would constantly say things where my response would be, Aloy, I fucking know.
1: I wonder if there was an option to turn hints off because those are technically just hints. I guess, and there should have been, like, yeah. h- turn them on or off. Um, but I didn't really check the accessibility menu as much to see if that was, like, something yeah. you could get rid of. And it's like, I feel like
0: there's a happy medium, though, right? Like, I feel like there should be, like, a way to, you know... <laughs> Often give hints, or less frequently give hints, or just don't give me any hints at all. But Wait a holy, while. <laughs> yeah, but like, holy crap! Like, I'd be in the middle of a puzzle, and thirty seconds in, she'd be giving me the solutions. Like, Aloy. Like, it's not like the puzzles are hard, but like, I was—I either just got there myself, or I was go- about to in yeah. a few seconds. Like, holy crap! She talks so much, and it just, it's just—it's just so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Totally.
0: Um contrast to aloy let's talk let's talk about beta who is another clone of elizabeth um that i thought was it it, i thought her existence was pretty compelling because while she is a clone of elizabeth she's a very different person than elizabeth was and by extension aloy is and I think that I th- I found that really interesting because you know they're all they're all made from the same genetics, yet they're drastically different people. And I thought that was a really interesting theme to to take place yeah. or, or to per, or to you know show is that like it it doesn't matter, you know where you came from, who you are, if you're the exact same person, your upbringing, you know how your your environment can drastically change, uh, who you are, you know, which is Absolutely. why she should have been introduced into the game much earlier. Okay. Hmm.
2: Because, in my opinion, if, if you were going to go to the route of, okay, Aloy thinks she's Elizabeth Sobeck, she needs to shoulder the responsibility, and the point of the game is exactly what you just said, Mark. She needs to learn that lesson and think about Ross. You need to bring her in way
0: earlier to actually start that arc off. I love that. The point of the game is that you need to think about Rost. <laughs> it, it, dude, he needs needs his dues man i just find (laughs) he got up in a way you're not wrong it's just i find it really funny (laughs) yeah but yeah i she and you know she like beta like basically took all of aloy's vulnerability she's not she's not confident she's she's scared um she doesn't and she doesn't want to be taken back by the Zeniths, you know, she and she finds comfort in they, they start calling themselves sisters. And I, I find that to be really sweet. It's them coming to terms with like, hey, we're not alone. We have each other. Like it's underutilized,
2: they're... I feel like.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, because that revelation because Beta's Beta didn't uh really come around until like just before. Uh, the mission where you go to Gemini. It's very late in the game at that point. And like, she is introduced earlier in the game than I think you're giving credit. It's just, you don't get you don't get to interact yeah. with you her. You just see until... her. Yeah. yeah.
1: That,
0: you don't that's the really... point, is that yeah.
2: when you see, when you first meet the zeniths yes, yeah. you do see her, and like, it's imme- it's immediately obvious what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, That she is also a clone of Elizabeth Sobeck. Yeah. Um, my point is, is that if I... I If I were writing the game, I would have found a way to get her, you know, into your party and have you interacting, maybe not even in the party, just interacting in full dialogue cutscenes more often earlier on to get an arc going so it doesn't feel like so out of the blue last minute.
1: Yeah, I felt like their sister moment, although it was endearing, it was really like sudden. Like, like one conversation, all of a sudden they're like BFF sisters after like Aloy was like eye rolling at her every five seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Um, it did, it did provide some good mystery. Like, Ooh, there's a clone. How many clones are there? Is a clone bad? Is it good? Are we going to fight ourselves? You know, is this going to be a dark link moment? All these questions of like how beta was going to be injected into the story. So I did like the mystery of it, but I do agree that more moments with beta would have been good. To flesh out their relationship and even their own individual characters.
0: Yeah. Um, we've mentioned them a couple times. Let's talk about the zeniths. <laughs> um I really didn't expect like we go to the <clears throat> we go to the, the the tutorial of the game is visiting a far a far zenith uh a, a far zenith facility to try and find a Gaia backup and I didn't I did not expect uh, far zenith to play into the story further than that tutorial. No. Uh, yeah. And I that was very unexpected for I mean I, I thought as soon as we saw them and they're drastically different, right? They're wearing these very space-like suits and like you fight the one guy and he's just like a monster. You know, you can't like you can't get a shot on him and he's just like destroying shit. He's wrecking your ass and like you just got you you just have to uh, shoot shit in the environment to to get to get rid of him. And I thought that was really cool. That was d- definitely a, a huge departure from what we're used to with the series and uh, what we'd been used to in the game up up till that point.
1: Yeah, I was um, always curious where they were gonna go with this game from Zero Dawn, and I felt like the Zeniths were a good addition uh,
0: mm-hmm. to adding
1: a whole new layer to this world, and it kept it interesting the whole time. Um, but also, wasn't the Zenith armor just the shield weaver but like advanced the shield weaver that you get from the first game if you do the optional quests
0: it definitely had like like you could argue you know that yeah it it, like the shield could be like the same shield as the shield weaver used but definitely more advanced yeah you know from a gameplay perspective that shield could run out theirs doesn't seem to have a running out point unless you use the the special weapon silence developed yeah um but yeah, and and we got lots of answers with this game. You know, in the last the last game we were wondering like what sent that extinction signal? What caused all the AI to become sentient and self-aware and break off mm-hmm. from Gaia? Like what caused all that? We got answers to yep. all those questions. And I think it, I I felt like they were really satisfying answers. Yeah. Um and they they did their homework on explaining it you know you have the conversation with Gaia where they where she calc she does the calculation of like well the signal would have been sent here and then it would have been sent back and it took this long so doing the math a star system that far away is the Sirius system and the the the, the, the Far Zenith company was trying to get there so it's probably them it's like wow <laughs> that's really interesting mm-hmm. Jason you seem like you want to say something about this
2: so I rem- remember to the last episode where I was talking about how I was a bit disappointed with the original game the tone how the tone they went for something a little more grounded as as grounded as you could be with the sort with the material we're talking about it's, it's obviously science fiction but it's a bit more grounded they try to explain everything and with the zenith and, and the technology they bring to the table, it, it kind of just blows that tone out of the water. Which normally, like on paper, I would love the zenith and the the idea that there's this kind of parallel human race that survived the apocalypse and now has come back. And then the difference between culturally, all the all different things. Ultimately, though, they just ended up being a throwaway. And again, Mass Effect 2 where it was really just Mass Effect 2 was just setting up.
0: Don't spoil mm. Mass Effect 2. <laughs> Without
2: spoiling Mass Effect 2, it's just setting up Mass Effect 3. Okay.
0: To, and, to,
2: and, and the Zeniths at the end of the day, are just throwaway villains to give you the exposition you need for what is inevitably going to be Horizon 3.
0: I don't know if I totally agree with that. Like, yeah, largely, like, Gerard, Eric... Um, what was the other, the other, the Verbena, like they didn't really, Tilda, I want to get to separately because she of all of them is actually of importance, but like all the other Zeniths, yeah, they are just kind of like. Gerard's the arbitrary leader and Eric is the enforcer. You have the he's... strong guy you have to fight. Yeah. Right. And, and like it, and then they don't even bother giving the rest like Verbena dies in the cutscene where you go to the one place to find Beta and like they don't bother giving the others there's like 10 of them and they the other ones they don't get names. Like they, there's just no point. And, and, and like, to to their oh, credit sorry. like no 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 it's okay. Like to to their to the the writer's credit like those, those weren't, those other Zeniths weren't important, so why bother? You know, they, who who cares? Like, they can maybe get names in some guidebook later down the line, um, but, like, ultimately, like, who gives a shit? Like, they're, you you don't see them except for the final fight, like, while you're charging the Zenith base, why give, why, why bother fleshing them out at all? I, I can respect that. Go ahead, what did you, uh... Um,
2: yeah, no, all I was gonna say was that The reason I bring up the Mass Effect 2 comparison is because it works in Mass Effect 2, because that threat has already been established in Mass Effect 1, as opposed to we don't even find out what the actual threat is until the end of this game. And when you do find out, and I guess, well, I I think it's fair to bring Nemesis into this conversation with the Xenos because they're kind of inextricably tied in terms of the Xenos motivation. I thought Nemesis was name name lame as fuck. <laughs> it is literally just another rogue AI. It, it like it just came off as lazy to me. Like another rogue AI yeah. that is coming to destroy like we had this whole thing at the end of Horizon Zero Dawn with silence going off and there's this mystery. Why does he still have why did he want to capture Hades? What information did he want? And it's just another rogue AI somewhere else that wants to destroy the Earth. And it, 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 it's ultimately going to bring me back thematically to the same thing I said about the first game and I'll say the same thing here where they did su- expand upon the politics of the tribes that exist on Earth and that shit was infinitely more interesting to me than anything that was going on with any of that. Hmm. Okay. And it just goes to show that more is... or less can be more.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
2: You don't then, always have to have a world-ending threat to make hmm. an interesting plot.
0: Yeah, and I, it seems like they definitely want to make this into a trilogy, obviously, with the Nemesis set up for the sequel. And I do think that that... That revelation came very very late it was to, i did feel it was somewhat of a surprising twist because we thought we did think we had it all figured out right we thought that the zenith sent the extinction signal yeah and that they were going to come and repopulate earth and it turns out no nemesis sent the extinction the extinction uh, uh signal and they were coming to just take gaia go as far away as they possibly could and then and then rebuild uh a civilization which I, I thought was an effective twist because I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that coming at all um, because we ostensibly felt we had all the answers. The only person that didn't feel that all the answers were there was Aloy, who was like, okay, I think Tilda's not telling us the full truth. Which um, is
2: obvious from the beginning that Tilda has a, a play. The problem yeah. the problem is that Nemesis, there's nothing setting it up. And, and they probably purposely did that so that nobody would see it coming, but when it just it seems out of left field and it has no impact because it's like oh great
0: another rogue AI. I think uh, yeah, and I think it could have been more effective if we had some sort of confirmation of Nemesis existing and on its way, because all right. we really all we really got was the word of Tilda and uh, their their data saying like yeah we're running away from this thing it's coming. Um, if it like had spoken to them in some regard. With like a really threatening voice that 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 would have like shocked them to the core. As I feel like um, that also would have made Silence's dis- decision. And we'll talk about Silence more in depth in a moment. Uh, his decision to stay behind and not leave because his plan was his plan was to go. His plan was to to okay. to leave and, and take Apollo and learn and and then and go and and build a new civilization just like the Xenos. And he chose to stay which, again, we'll, we'll talk about, because that's a big character moment for him. Hmm. Um, but I, I feel like if Nemesis had actually spoken to the group and uh, they got confirmation that, hey, this world-ending threat is on its way, it would have made that decision more impactful.
1: I think my only issue with it is that, like, what's next? Like, are there more Zeniths out there, or are they done for good? Did those other Zeniths create another AI that did something else or... You know, it just it, like I guess we will have to see in Horizon 3, but it, it just yeah. feels like and also, well, I don't know at what point like Nemesis was created, but if Tilda and Elizabeth had this like romantic relationship, how was there no if if it was I, I imagine it was being built like not too far after Elizabeth was gone. But was there no like inclination that perhaps Nemesis was being even thought of, you know? Like I felt well, like we should have found out some other way.
0: They so Tilda and so I, yeah, let's talk about Tilda. Um, and Tilda and Elizabeth, they were revealed to have uh have been in a relationship, and Tilda left with the Zeniths. Elizabeth stayed behind, and they didn't start building Nemesis until they were long gone in the ne- in the Sirius system, um and you know the the hub the hubris of of humanity which is like a big theme of this whole series is like they that led them to they first of all they they established physical immortality which that's never really explained um it's kind of explored with Ted Farrow, which I didn't put in the notes. We got to talk about Ted Faro. Oh my god, Farrow. we have to talk well, about that. like I, I we're going to talk about about it next cuz I'm going to tell you exactly my Okay. Yeah. Well, so like the, the, they 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 cre- they they somehow established physical immort- immortality and that wasn't enough for the the psycho uh super rich corporate uh, corpo people of um of Far Zenith. They wanted to have digitized immortality. Uh, sentient immortality. So they create Nemesis, this amalgamation of all their, of all their minds. And that gains its own sentience and, and, uh, has a grudge against them, I guess, for containing it. And, and it, it, it is kind of, it, it is admittedly like kind of a sloppy, a sloppy threat that they just put together as like, this is the real big bad. Stay tuned for Horizon 3 to find out what happens next. And I, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I think the twist was really effective, but it's, yeah, it, it definitely is just it's just sequel setup.
1: That's the um, thing; it just feels like sequel setting. That was yeah, my main issue yeah. with it.
0: But back to Tilda, like, how did you guys feel about like I, I felt I felt that she was obviously we knew there was something more to it because her her uh, her motivation for helping Aloy was simply like, I saw through your focus that you had a hard life, and it really moved me, and I wanted to help you. She's just a creep. And then you you find out, like, oh, I knew Elizabeth Sobeck. She was my lover, and we were together. Again, lame as fuck. Like, I'm
2: sorry. (laughs) It's
0: it's clear from the beginning that she's not being forthright
2: with you, and that intrigued me. I was very interested. She was one of the characters for uh, most of the time she was there that you're talking with her, like, I'm so interested. And then once it starts getting into like her relationship with Elizabeth Sobeck, I'm like, um, it's not going there, is it? And then it's like, I want you to come to space with me and well, be see, my I- – I my think, space sex slave elizabeth hold, so on,
0: hold like, on hold on hold on she did not it wasn't bad. I'm, I'm, I'm being
2: hyperbolic but like but
0: i think i think it would have been more effective if she was a little more manic you know she was tilda it was portrayed as such a calm collected and intelligent character and if if she when that revelation came forward if she was more obsessed and more like uh more um Aggressive about trying to get Aloy to come with her. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, you you reject it, and she does attack you with a fucking spectre mech. I guess that is kind of aggressive, but like her her personality is still one of of just like cool and collectiveness, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's yeah. If she had been more crazed in that moment, I felt like that whole situation would have been a lot more impactful. You know, she it, it, she. If she genuinely believed that Aloy was like the reincarnation of Elizabeth and like she would do anything to get Elizabeth back and showed that how much she cared about Elizabeth in that moment, I would have believed it or I would have found it a lot more believable. But overall, I do agree that like, yeah, she it's just like it's its kind of awkward. It's a very awkward What what makes Tilda
1: even more of a creep to me is that she literally had Beta just like like oh like look at my paintings let's talk about this and having like really trying to have really intimate moments with beta and i don't know tilda came off to me like i don't know it was just really creepy it was really mm -hmm. creepy it was hard to like that character really
0: it's almost like grooming, which makes it even It was bloatful. grooming, exactly. Yeah. And this is like such yeah. a younger
1: version of Elizabeth at this point. And, and, and Tilda is like way older than she actually looks on top of that. Like she looks older than Beta and Aloy. And then she actually is like way older than the way she looks. So it's like adds another layer of creep to it.
0: Which yeah. like had that
1: been a male character, forget about it. People would have like wrote articles and articles about it. But I guess whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that Tilda is a creep, and it really grossed me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, now that you bring up now that you bring up that, and I'm I'm making the grooming connection. I'm like, yeah, yuck.
2: Uh, and, and, <laughs> and the thing about the thing about all this is the Zeniths serve two purposes in this story because Silens, in terms of the conflict that happens, the intertribal conflict that I found interesting, that is all facilitated by Silens on mm-hmm. behalf of the Zenus. The Xenos are almost barely involved in this story, with the exception of a few key parts towards the end.
0: Well, I I mean, hold
2: on, hold on, just hear me out. They really only serve a purpose of delivering information to silence and eventually you of what the ultimate threat that they're planning is, which is Nemesis, which I think was a stupid idea. And giving oh, t- you and and also giving you beta, which was a good a great idea, in terms of building Aloy's character. And in my opinion, they really fucked up because they had an awesome idea that is in the game and is massive was massively underutilized as just kind of like a a fifteen minute section, which you refer to, which was Pharaoh's tomb. Which, how much cooler would it have been to have? Silence be facilitating all the same shit he's doing, but the ultimate threat instead of just another rogue AI, Pharaoh inadvertently created a mutant. (laughs) If you're gonna bust the tone and go crazy, rather than just these generic looking aliens, fucking like mutated humans in the pursuit of everlasting life that now threaten all life on earth, like I. It pissed me off so much that we didn't even get to see what Farrow looked like. It didn't that, even show that us. That was like, so
1: infuriating. That
0: bothered me too. I, because it it that whole, bothered all of us. That whole
2: <laughs> sequence made me appreciate so much more the backstory. Because I, I told you, we talked about it last episode. I didn't give a shit about most of the backstory that was there. I mm-hmm. wanted to see more of what was going on now. But like that sequence with Ted, the Ted Farrow facility and everything that happened, when he was trying to prolong his life and like, he basically had a, a harem going on in there. Yeah. Like if they had built off of that and found a way to make that threat tie into what silence is looking for, you can still have silence and regal and all the stuff going on with the, all the tribes that you're dealing with, but just change that threat. You don't have to have a world ending AI or aliens coming in. You could even find a way to work in beta as another clone, a backup from somewhere else. Like it, I just found the Zeniths ultimately served an expositional uh, purpose and nothing really more. They didn't even really serve much of an antagonistic purpose.
0: So, I mean, I found I found them as a concept and and their place in the story to be really compelling. But I don't I don't disagree uh, with with leaning more into like the sea, like the sequence with going to Pharaoh's tomb and and would have it would have been really cool and i don't I don't want to talk about this game and review this game based on the things that it wasn't which yeah uh, on, but.
2: i I understand I'm being a little unfair of like what I wanted to see from what we actually right. get, uh, yeah but
0: but but to your point, like that that's that segment had so much promise and was very very, very fascinating until it wasn't. um and like yeah not seeing what the abomination of ted farrow looked like like holy shit it's been over a thousand years and that dude is still alive but like not not alive in the same way the xenists are obviously they're much more advanced and i also find the dichotomy between that so fascinating ted farrow is like the guy the reason that the world is the way that it is and he's still alive but he's not He's not as, as advanced as this totally other group that had basically nothing to do with it yeah uh, to to, ba- to to keep himself like immortalized you know he his his method of doing it like changed him and ruined him um and I this was too on the nose for me uh but I like the, the fact that the leader of the quen who obsessed over Pharaoh his name was literally CEO. <laughs> But yeah, I, I loved that actually. I loved that, that whole thing. Yeah, that was too too much. I, I liked
2: it. I liked it because, and this is why I liked a lot of the the more grounded tribal stuff. It, it was a very fallout to me, okay. um, in the way that these post apocalyptic tribal cultures interpreted documents that they read from yeah. our culture. So, like CEO became like a like a ruler, like almost like emperor yeah. type term to them, and the way like their whole society was kind of um, the of the quen was kind of put together like a business, like the, their social yeah. structure was essentially mm-hmm. a business. Yeah, they. Which I mean, they obsessed- I found funny
0: they they call all the 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 business leaders and people that ruined the world ancestors, and they obsess over them, and 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 are are so fascinated with learning more about them and who they really were. And it, it's also what makes Alva such a such a great character because you know she starts to learn the truth, and she's like, oh my god, these are the people we've been idolizing. They're terrible, right. and like she she really comes into her own as like coming uh around from her tribe and, and recognizing the faults in it uh probably more than any of the other uh characters <laughs> that are members of tribes that we've seen um maybe maybe to the same extent maybe even surpassing the nora real, realizing you know where aloy came from and and aloy's rejection of their of their ways you know
1: yeah i really like what I really liked about the tribe stuff is that each of them, their beliefs and their way of life was based on the information that they had. So obviously the Quen had like more information than the other tribes. And so they they had like a like a more advanced way of thinking, but which was still very tribalistic in comparison to like what, you know, Beta knows and what the Zeniths know and stuff like that. But my problem related to the needs, Zeniths and the tribes is that I was so curious about the Zeniths the entire time. And for them to just kind of, like, be, like, basically put out of the picture, needed out of the picture, you know, then it was like, damn, I spent this whole time, like, not really caring about the tribes with the exception of, like, their beliefs and stuff, but, like, kind of like, okay, I want to know about this other bigger thing because that's more intriguing to me and more mysterious to me at this point. And for the mystery to all come together, like, so quickly and then be gone. Yeah. Um, which sucks because, like, I feel like then I would have been a little more present for the tribalistic stuff. But I felt like I wasn't because there was this this other right. factor that was bigger.
2: And and the th- and it also feels like a waste because you have uh, Regala was the you have that st- the backstory with you know all the political intrigue that goes on with the um God I forget I know, the Tanath um um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and the chief and how he came to power and how he united the three clans and how the one and how they made peace with the people people you just came from in the east, and how Regala didn't like that. Like that would have made for such a more compelling, immediate antagonist because there's a lot of personal ties there, both with the new characters you're meeting, and history that you learned about in the last game, uh, and characters that are still back there that you remember from the last game that don't play a role here. But like it, it it's world building. It brings the world together, and it yeah. feels like she kind of gets sidestepped for the zeniths who also in the end get yeeted and sidestepped it's (laughs) if it feels like the writers didn't know what to do with the zeniths they wanted to have them to achieve certain things certain setups certain things for this game and setups for the next game but they didn't know how to deal with them at the end
0: yeah it's weird i feel like the, the two the two main antagonists are the zeniths and regala and they both like their representation in the story is fairly even but it doesn't feel like it it yeah. it, it feel it, it feels like both of them got shortchanged somehow and it that like it's that's a that's a weird feeling to have um but let, let's talk about regala because yeah she she's kind of the um the first threat you come across when, when crossing to the Forbidden West, she's the one that fucks up the embassy and kills a whole lot of people, including, um oh god, what's his name? Um, the Brother of
2: the King. The, yeah. The bro- brother yeah or cousin. Is it cousin or cousin,
0: brother? cousin, cousin, yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, I feel bad that I don't remember his name. The only name I remember from that section was Studius Vladis. Yeah, there there are so many names to remember. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's that's an issue we'll get into uh, a, a little later. Um, but yeah, like Regala as a villain, like, and I, Jay without spoiling Final Fantasy fourteen, but I I sensed a lot of um parallels with Regala to Zenos. Yes. Uh, Jason. And and that kinda took me out of liking her a bit. Not again, I don't want to reveal any anything about Xenos in that game, but um just Regala she's just power hungry. She's just she she's not well not power hungry, right? She um what what's what's the name of the Hakaro, the, the, Chief Hakaro uh wants to make peace with the, the Karja after the red raids. He mm-hmm. wants to make peace now that now that uh the Karja Uh, government meridian has been overthrown and is now in uh in in a state of peace under under avid um or avad uh he wants to make peace and regala doesn't like that she just wants revenge she's like no you came and raided our lands and fucked our people like no we're gonna i i i don't she rebels against she rebels against the tanakh and her plan is to is to take the fight to the Karja.
2: there's a there's a key point there which i felt gave her more character than almost any of the Zeniths, which was if you're paying attention to, as they explain their culture, the Tanakh throughout the game, as you're going through she, and there's a point at which Hikaru tells you about when he fought her, when she first, you know, challenged him because he had his revelation and he wanted to bring peace to the clans. And instead of killing her, which was their way, he spared her. So she feels dishonored. Right. And there's a cultural aspect to that, which I found made her character so much more interesting. And it was even more disappointing that we didn't really get much more of her, that's especially a, talking about that point in particular. No, that's a
0: really that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. Should we like talk about our decision with Regala? Yeah,
0: that, that was going to be my next question is what did you guys do after after you dueled her?
1: I mean, I I I, I saved her. I didn't I didn't want to kill her. Okay. I thought she was cool.
0: I killed her because that's what she would have
1: wanted. Hmm. Okay.
0: No, that's that's a fa- that's actually yeah. a great that's a great point. Uh I also saved her, I or I um I, I spared her, I should say. Um apparently it doesn't really affect the outcome that no, much. No, not yeah. at all. I, I, I actually I didn't realize you could I, I guess I didn't read the one dialogue option. Once again, with the three dialogue options of like passionate, intelligent, or aggressive, I chose the passionate ones each time. Which, did you guys notice there were a lot less of those good. in this yes. game? Which, like, good. Why not do away with them entirely? Yeah. What's the point? Why are they here? This is the only one that really actively changes something and it basically again, doesn't.
2: A running a running theme of the game is... They think more is always more. Yeah.
0: I would. I would also go back to my point, and we'll talk. We'll talk about this later. Um, I, I would go back to my point with the first game, where this is a game that desperately wants to be an RPG, but doesn't quite understand what that means, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I. I. I it doesn't change much like you can talk to regala at the base before the final mission during the final mission she helps with certain like a fight or two and then there's a cutscene where she gets surrounded by machines and then dies um
1: i almost feel bad that i killed her now (laughs) i mean i didn't kill her because thinking about it how jason said it's the exact reason why i made the choice that i made in ghost of tsushima so it's funny that um, i would like go the opposite way here
2: yeah um
1: yeah, now, now I regret my decision. But to either way, be, it doesn't matter in the end. And, and to
0: be fair, like, when you rescue her, or not rescue her, spare her, and she goes into that fight, like, she's looking forward to it. Because she's like, ah, this this will be a very honorable death. That's is, true,
1: that's she's true. She's gonna go
0: out fighting.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: And she was ostensibly uh, uh, content with that, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, true.
2: That's that's part of the reason why I, fi- I, I keep coming back to the fact that I found that tribal stuff, that immediate conflict, so much more interesting, not just because of the world building. It it just feels more present. It feels more connected to everything else that's going on in the game, as opposed to that main plot with the Zeniths that, well, I wouldn't call it the main plot. I would say there's the A plot and the B plot. The A plot is the Zeniths, the overarching thing. Um, And then that's going in, that's coming from last game to the next game. And then you have your B plot, which is the situation with the Tanakh. And I found the B plot infinitely more interesting just because it feels more grounded, more human. It's more interesting learning about these cultures as opposed to the A plot, which I felt was kind of just a throwaway sci-fi thing that is facilitating things to happen.
0: See, i i overall felt the zenith plot was more interesting all right i, I it def it definitely raised more questions and i actively wanted to find out more about it that being said the tribal warfare the tribal politics in this game were infinitely better than zero dawn yes yes um because they were just much more interconnected like in in zero dawn like it's it's all about the Shadow Karja and the Eclipse, you know, uh, everything regarding the tribes kind of happened in the past. The Red Raids, the overthrowing of, of Meridian and Avad becoming, becoming the Sun King. It all already happened. So you're just kind of learning about it, but you're not an active participant in what happened there. So it's kind of like you're just you're just learning about the past still with all that stuff. This is like an active present situation going on. Regala is rebelling against her her tribe and wants to take the fight to the Karja, and you have to stop her. And this game and- very very smartly utilizes each of the side characters to kind of be
2: a stand-in for that tribe so you have a connection yes. to it throughout the entire game.
0: And I, I would- want to I I do want to talk. Go ahead, Delilah, sorry.
1: No, no, go ahead. I feel like you I, might I know, say I what want- I'm going to say.
0: I want to talk about the Companions because I thought, I, I really thought, um, first of all, I loved that you had representation from every tribe, not just like in, not just in the Forbidden West, but throughout all, but throughout both games, you had right. Varl, Anora, you had Erend, and mm-hmm. uh, the only, the only thing we were kind of missing was a Karja and they could have, well, you know, I feel technically, like technically, um, what's her
2: name? there is a character side quest she isn't in the
0: yeah uh, talana yes but she's not part of your main party which i think was the only thing missing and like she does have an actual side quest line which i which is uh more interesting than a lot of the other side quests but like she doesn't she doesn't stick around and i found it weird how that quest line ended but we'll get there i i agree um but yeah, you you and you had with the new tribes you had Zo representing the Utaru, you had Kotalo for the Tanakh. then you had Alva for the Quen, and you, even extending past that, you had Silens who's like kind of a Banuke. Yeah. Um so it's like like I really liked that like you had it really differentiated your party members. They all felt very unique um in a game uh, where a lot of the NPCs don't feel particularly unique, a lot of them feel very samey. You can't really differentiate like them. In,
2: in every in every town, there is a runty little boy or girl that needs to prove
0: themselves by climbing a mountain, <laughs> and you got to go find them. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like all your party members, all your party members are really memorable. And, you know, they're your party members, yes. so they're you're kind of spending a lot of time that with was, them and talking to them. That was the ready.
2: highlight of the game was the mm-hmm. companion, and that's again why I brought up Mass Effect Two. Is that they very smartly borrowed that mechanic.
0: Um, My only complaint with that, though, is like, and it, it felt very, if, if if that aspect did feel very RPG ish, except it didn't go far enough, right? Um, like why couldn't I? Why couldn't I ask like one or two people to come out on a mission with me or? yeah the, the, each or one why had weren't their own there, why I,
2: weren't there decisive choices to make at the ends of yeah. those of each character quest yeah and like i think a decision to be put before you that would have effects on the world yeah and mm-hmm. I, and
0: i think to kind of end the the mass effect comparison is because mass effect was planned as a trilogy whereas i don't think this series was mm-hmm. you know and, and 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 so that that being said like they can't make they can't make big Uh, earth shattering decisions with your party members if they don't know if they're going to need them later and with mass effect it's a different situation
1: yeah i I really liked the companions i felt like it helped me wrap my head around the tribes a lot more than i could in Mm -hmm. zero dawn like i feel like i knew what tribe what the tribes looked like what they believed in like just more of the lore and that was what they took from mass effect really good what they didn't take is that I felt like a lot of the optional dialogue was really repetitive and long and yes. drawn out and could have been cut out a lot and thus made me more engaged in the conversations I was having with my companions. And
2: what's worse is that the game, there's a bug and at least maybe they fixed it. I know the game was pretty buggy in release, but mm-hmm. at least when I played through it, there was a bug where it would constantly tell me there was new dialogue, but it was the same dialogue I I'd literally just gone through happens, and to then me i would too. have to go yeah. through and it I would just, it just happen over down. and
0: over and over again yeah um yeah the game is still at this at this moment in time pretty buggy but yeah um and i, I go continuing with the companions the, the last big thing with them i want to talk about is varl's death
1: i cried which
0: <laughs> yeah i mean comparing that to rost's varl's death was super impactful because we got to know him over two games it didn't happen until late in this one and like he like you he he develops this relationship with zoe and they have they have great chemistry they have great banter
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know you just find out that his plan you know after all this is done after we stop the zenus i'm gonna go back to the nora and educate them and, and teach them the ways and then right after that you go on a mission and he dies yeah and he yeah. dies doing what he swore he would do which was protecting protecting beta um man that was great i mean it was terrible it was sad but it was great from a writing perspective i thought it was fantastic yeah, yeah. it made
1: the most sense his a- his there there would be no other character that would have had that much impact
2: and the fact that he yeah had, and the fact that he has a son coming that you know it, well it, a if, child i don't think we know or I, I'm, I'm sorry yeah uh, yeah child i don't i, I don't I, I don't remember why i thought she said it. anyway um i think she, i think she just said i am with child yeah i don't <laughs> i don't remember um but uh she would, they wouldn't be able to tell anyway. That's not the point. Um, but I agree with guys. I agree generally with what you're saying was that it was a much more effective character death uh, mm-hmm. than what they did with Ross. Uh, I will make one net pick. It's just I have to. As, as, Go ahead. Go as ahead. a writer. There's one thing. The the death of Varl itself was, also, was a great idea. And I think they set it up beautifully with everything you guys just said. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for me, it was just taken down a little bit in terms of impact because Tilda could have just shown up a because few seconds Because of fucking earlier. Tilda,
1: okay? Because Tilda.
2: She could have just shown up a few seconds earlier, and he wouldn't have died. Yeah, and I guess just, so. And it's it's just, like, it's, it's, it's kind of a nitpick. Although it's not really because it's like, why didn't you show up a few seconds earlier?
0: Right, I mean, like, her, her, right, because it's not like that was a split moment decision, like, I'm going to save Aloy. Like, she, she, she went in with that plan, right? And, yeah, if she, if she had just shown up and, and done her thing a little sooner, like... Beta might not have been kidnapped and Varl might not have died. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that.
1: Not only that, but ugh, god, clearly Tilda's my least favorite character, but like <laughs> it's effective, I guess, because I actually have feelings towards yeah, the character. You
2: went, you went far. I was just making a joke about sex no. slaves. You're like, she's a groomer.
1: No, she like oh, I got so she, many she, bad vibes no. from this person.
2: No, no, I know, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> but no, it wasn't just that, it was that like, and then immediately after she knows. Like, like, all right, if you apparently love me because I'm a clone of your lover, and then you know I just lost somebody that I care about, and you're, like, asking me to look at your paintings right after that? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? And I'm glad that you got the di- – that was one dialogue option I was glad you got, which it shouldn't have been a dialogue option. You should just straight up refuse to look at her paintings and be like, listen, my friend just died. Like, I'm not about to look at your freaking paintings, you creep. Um, right.
0: Yeah and you know I feel like video games never really handle mourning periods well um like a like a major character will die and like there's there's never enough time to um to properly show what the effects that have, what the effect that could have on uh your main character are
1: Yeah so I mean definitely- the last of us I was gonna say I thought Last of Us did it well.
0: Typically, okay, typically not. Yeah, the Last yeah. of Us did do it well. That that is the outlier. That is the yeah. exception to the rule. I get
2: what you're saying, though. I get what yeah. you're yeah.
0: saying. Yeah, it's think things are constantly moving. The, the Last of Us structure. I don't want to talk about this long. Um, but the Last of Us structure is like you go through episodes that take place in certain seasons. So like. After a very specific thing happens in The Last of Us, it has a jump yeah. up to a few months it, later. It uses where, time jumps, yeah. Right. It uses time jumps much to its much to its benefit. This doesn't really have the the uh, the luxury of that. Um, Aloy wakes up and immediately has to get going because there's a world ending threat that's uh, that's kind of present
1: but I think that because they did such a good job with the facial animations in this game and even the body Mm -hmm. movement I felt like if she would have just had a moment where she just stood there and like had like tears coming down her eyes and then kept it moving I felt like I even would have felt like the weight of that like oh like I'm really sad about this but I have to keep moving instead she just kind of seemed like fine with keeping on going well
0: In the moment she was really mad. Like she was she was down on her hands and knees and was like and was very frustrated and upset that 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 it had happened. But like afterwards, after she wakes up in Tilda's mansion, like, yeah, there isn't much. And and like that was probably the best moment with Aloy in the game because she did show vulnerability. Yeah. Someone her one of her best friends just died and 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 there was nothing she could do about it. And like that's what the game needed more of was showing Aloy as a vulnerable character. Like it's like we already know she's a badass, you know? You're not taking anything away from that by showing that she does have that she is vulnerable in some ways.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and 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 they just they needed to lean into that a little more.
1: They did show a little bit of it again when she found out that Varl was like with Zoe, she kind of seemed a little jealous and I don't know if she had like a romantic interest involved or if she was just feeling like she was lacking her own experience like that.
0: I think it might have been the latter. I don't know that I'd go so far as to say she had any romantic feelings for Varl. Yeah. Um,
1: but she definitely did display some level of emotion in that if, moment.
0: If anything, I think she just doesn't understand what that feeling is. Yeah. And well, if like, any, oh,
2: if, if anything, I got a bit of a, of a flirtatious vibe I don't know if you guys did this optional dialogue you could do with um, Aaron, uh, uh-huh. where you you uh, have a drink with him and talk about his sister, you, and talk about his sister again. Yeah. But the, there were, this, in general, I I talked to Aaron a lot just because I felt like they did his character a bit more. So I, I complained about how they did him. I felt like they did him dirty last game. I yeah. felt like they did him much better this game. Um, yeah, and, and, and uh, like- but. Over the course of the game, I felt like there were a few flirts here and there. Like he is definitely into her. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if she reciprocates as much. Sometimes it felt like she might be. Mm. I don't know. I, I
0: think she like. I, I Aloy, might just be shipping them. I don't know. Aloy just doesn't have time for that right now, and I feel like maybe <laughs> if things were quiet, like maybe she could, like her as a character could explore an emotion like that. But like, like she just doesn't have time to think about that kind of thing but her facial
1: expressions kind of show that she is kind of thinking about it because like (laughs) he still had that moment with avad in the beginning of the game yeah like there was he was like saying like oh he can't find anyone but like he has this interest in her and she was like kind of blushing a little bit like you had the option to choose like oh i don't have time for that or like I think maybe you even had the option to say something else, like, more intimate. I think I, t-
2: I, think I told them like, you need to be thinking about your kingdom. Like, basically, fuck off. Like,
1: yeah, I, I kind of told him that, too, which is why I don't think I got that, but even like in that, that moment, she was still kind of blushing a little bit. I,
0: I think that reaction, though, is, is still comes down to she doesn't know how to react, or think about, or talk about that kind of thing. That's you true, know? yeah. Like, if someone said that to you, and you've never, and you've never thought about, you know, having a, a sensual relationship right. with someone, you know, you would be you're like oh really <laughs> yeah Jesus. right right but like yeah. you know I, I think that's all that really comes down to but I I, I actually totally forgot about the, the the conversation with Avad at the beginning yeah um yeah Aaron I think I I agree he his he was such an improved. I, I think it's cause they actually utilized him in the main story so much more. That yeah. That's what makes these companion characters so much, so much more compelling is they're actually utilized in the main story. Like in the first game, Aaron is only really utilized during the missions where you're trying to find out what happened to his sister. Mm-hmm. yeah um varl's only utilized when you're helping his mother like take out some bandits yeah right. uh in, in in the nora lands it's like they're not but uh, when the grander scheme of things starts coming in like they're not part of it yeah. it's this so funny how,
2: yeah it's so funny how last time i mentioned how in the final mission of zero dawn there are all these people there, and I'm like, who the fuck is Varl? Yeah. And and in this, this game, Varl is like a central character to the plot yeah. oh in your God, character. Yeah. I will say though, for Aaron, one thing they disappointed me on: the entire game in the dialogue, not even stuff that you go and talk to, but just stuff that they're talking to each other in the background while you're walking around. Mm-hmm. They keep referencing how Varl, is, or I'm sorry, Aaron, is really getting into heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, the whole game, not. the whole game, I thought that it was like going to be a setup that on like the last mission, like the suicide mission, to make a Mass Effect re- reference, yeah. like Varl would like bring like. Like a heavy metal track, and you'd get like fucking ride the lightning or like
1: <laughs> Iron Maiden
2: well, or some shit like that playing. Like, that,
1: yeah, I, that
0: would have been such a cool payoff to that char- that little character quirk, but it, they never. So did. admittedly, that really bothered me because what I'm pretty sure the music they were referring to was in Frozen Wilds when during the one mission. Ah, uh, the one side quest that you can do—I I, I, forget—you're like in like some underground like thing trying to live. I, I don't remember what you're doing in that side quest, um, but there are you know the data logs that you can find. There's like a mini like a like a a story that you can kind of follow by scanning the data logs in that side quest that center around a bunch of employees that worked at that location starting a punk band. <laughs> and like you can hear some of their music and it's like a, it's like a real like riot girl like you know 90s female uh female driven like punk mm-hmm. band and like it, it like it has that vibe like if you ever played Gone Home there's a lot of that kind of that style of music that was made for that game too and it's like c- kind of the same aesthetic um it's just it's this female driven uh punk music and it's punk music it's not heavy metal right Uh, and i you can kind of i guess play that up to like their ignorance about music at that time you know they're just like oh it's heavy metal i guess (laughs) no it was punk music he was listening to punk and i'm pretty sure it was the same stuff that we heard in frozen wilds through those data logs yeah Mm. that's cool because that
1: that connection
0: yeah and that, that that's like they they get all that data. I I like how they contextualize that. All the data that they're reviewing comes from Aloy's travels and and her well, the things that you find in the first game. So like it makes sense that that's what he would be listening to and be and be jamming out to. <laughs> right. But I did I did really like that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Aaron's character in this was was stellar. Uh, they they did a great job with uh he he just wants to be useful. You know he's he's kind of a lot like Murray in in the Sly Cooper games. Where he's he's really big and he's really strong. Yeah. And he just wants to be as useful as he can. Um, so I I kind of I kind of draw that parallel there.
1: That's a deep cut.
0: Yeah, I I, I love Sly Cooper. Same. Uh, I'll, I'll bring that shit up anytime I can. <laughs> uh, we haven't really talked about Katalo, and I thought his arc was VIP. Yeah. <laughs> I thought his uh his arc was great. Um, he he's like he's kind of like this um. I don't want to call him shamed but he was like he lost his arm at that at that embassy attack and he's very reluctant to assist in in the mission to um to to help Aloy uh defend the cool route and get the um whatever his name was um Katow? no the huh. well no I'm talking about the 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 guy at the bulwark that didn't want to send his people to the Oh the, the Sky Clan the yeah, the Sky Clan, yeah, whoever yeah, yeah. the leader of the Sky Clan was, and like he's very skeptical of you of Aloy and her plans and like how they can even get this convince this guy and she earns his respect and he becomes a supremely loyal ally. Um and you go on one of the cooler side quests and build him a fucking robot arm. Yeah, fucking and awesome. like I love And that like his story quest. behind that too is just like he like he proves that it he proves that it's useful, he proves that it helps him. And he takes it off. Yeah, and you're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I don't want to rely on this thing. I only want to use it when I have to." Right. And like, he, damn, he, he's kind of like
2: the, he's kind of like the Garrus of, of
0: yeah. the Horizon crew.
1: Actually, like, yes.
0: We gotta we gotta stop talking about Mass Effect. It's <laughs> so
1: hard though because it's so clearly like influenced from that. Obviously, not nearly as done well, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. definitely Garrus vibes for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, like. Like we'll we'll talk about her um, uh, probably next, but Alva is clearly um, um, who am I thinking of?
0: Are we gonna mask- fucking make Liara?
1: Oh, Titali. Yeah,
2: Titali. Titali, No, Liara would be fucking. So um, too- yeah, so too many names. God damn it! All right,
0: um, but well, we talked. We kind of talked about Alva and and how she's. Part of part of uh, this this tribe, and we don't know where they're from either. Um, they, they just say uh, across the ocean. So yeah. like the, the only obvious thing is like it's either Australia or Japan or another Asian country because from where they're at in California, that would be the next place over unless they're from Hawaii, which in that case maybe. But um, yeah, I I, I, I all it was a was a really good character too, just because. She, I mean, we talked about it. She's part of, she's part of a tribe that reveres these awful people. And she kind of comes to realize that and rejects that and and helps you instead. And I think that's, I I thought all the companions were great.
2: Yeah. So my only thing with Alva and maybe I misinterpreted what they were going for. um, But it seems to me like they were, she was supposed to be autistic. Hmm. Um, um based on based on um just because of my experience with people with autism in real life like based on her dialogue and kind of uh her cognitive abilities and also a bit of the way her facial design worked I might be misinterpreting it completely
1: I just thought she was um, anxious but I mean well that's
2: the thing is like I they kind of uh It was weird. Like, I felt like they were trying to do it without saying it outright Hmm. and didn't necessarily hit the mark. It's not a problem. Like, the character is great. Like, I liked the character. Um, But like, if that's what they were going for, they kind of really missed it. Again, I might have misinterpreted it totally.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though, because I felt like Kotalo was definitely like a character that has an obvious disability, you know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they went that route with Alba too. But it wasn't as yeah. blatant.
0: Yeah, and like she does, she has lots of. I mean, really, when you when you look at um, autism in the spectrum, as it were, like everyone's kind of on the spectrum in some regard, right? Um, right. But so like, and, and I, I kind of see where you're, what you're saying, and I, I feel like it, it, it's very possible and. Maybe it's, it's, they, they just went maybe a little too subtle with it. I would think that it's really fascinating if that's what they were going for with their character. You know,
2: all, all, the only, the only issue I would have if that's what they were going for is that they, they didn't really explore kind of like more, they explored more of like the um, a cognitive boost rather than the intersocial challenges that would pose. Mm-hmm. Which would make for more interesting character dynamics, but again, it's like a small thing like that I might be totally misinterpreting that that's just how it came
0: off to me, okay um yeah I mean uh, though just to finish off with her, yeah I, I really liked her as a character. But
2: yeah, I liked her and I loved um I loved that pharaoh mission you go on the the whole set of missions with the quen um again, why didn't we get to see mutated kaiju pharaoh? and that's (laughs) i would prefer that over nemesis
1: i definitely wanted that resident evil moment
2: (laughs) well how cool would that be you have to build that's that's massive basically horizon three is mass factory you got to build an army of (laughs) robot dinosaurs to fight a bunch of mutated human
0: kaijus all right all right all right right. (laughs) um let's talk about let's talk about silence i feel like Yeah, we we talked, we already discussed how he kind of orchestrated a lot of what was going on with the tribes, and I still feel like he was really underutilized. Yes, he was not in Um, the game nearly as much as he should have been. Yeah, and like, like, even just to chime in on your focus every now and then to kind of like taunt you or whatever, but like, uh, uh, Aloy also tried to make sure that that couldn't happen because she destroyed her focus and grabbed a new one. Because um, yeah. She didn't want him, yeah. be- but I, I, I wish he would have forced that a little more and found a way to like chime in every now and then. Um, because yeah, like, he still is one of if not my favorite character. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. In these games. And I feel like I wanted more from him. Yeah, that's
2: why I suggested that instead of having the zine you, you kind of set him up as the antagonist for most of the game until... Yeah, but I don't, and I don't
0: want Silence to be a uh, well, an antagonist. You know, well, you think he's the
2: antagonist. Is oh, what I'm
0: okay. saying. Well, I mean, to be fair, you kind of do because he's yeah. the one that he's the one that that uh, was aiding uh, Regala and her rebel her rebel army with overriding machines and yeah. override tech and everything. Like, it's not like he's it's not like he's a good guy. But like, it's the same thing with the first game. He's not a good guy. But he's not a bad guy either. Yeah. He just wants knowledge, and he's going to use you and he's going to let you use him to get that knowledge too, you know? If I had to to
2: guess, it was either the reason he's not in the game as much as either a, like I said, they didn't really know where, what they were doing with the Zeniths. They didn't know how to finish it off. Um, And the game was, the game already has so much in it. Mm -hmm. Either that or probably a more, Logical answer: budgetary issues. He's probably the most
0: expensive voice actor they have. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know because you know, Til- Tilda was Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, um, that's right, I forgot about that. And yeah. and, and Vigala was Angela Bassett. Yeah, you know, it, it's not I like forgot about that. Yeah, they have three big A-listers uh, right there um, p- portraying characters in this game. But, but again, like, that
2: that still might have been a budget. Like, they Tilda has so I much would- dialogue,
0: they might have had to cut out. For budgetary
2: purposes, who knows?
0: I I, I would more so maybe say uh, complications due to the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's not let's not uh, let's keep in mind that this game has been in development uh, for years and has gone through two years of development under under COVID-19. So right. Um, uh,
1: <laughs> just going back to silence real quick. I would have loved to see silence like interrogating Hades as a cutscene instead of something <laughs> that we heard in like data pads and read in notes and stuff like that felt like it would have, like, because that seemed, it seemed, like, sadistic, the shit that he had to do to Hades. And Hades is a sadistic thing. But
0: you know what? (laughs) Like, I feel like it's almost better to keep that a mystery, you know? Leave that to the imagination, what he did to an AI to coax that out of it, you know? Right.
1: Well, apparently he had to show Hades, like, bunnies and rainbows or something like that to, like, extract information out of it from one of the data pads that I read, which I thought was Mm -hmm. really funny. Interesting. But I I don't know. I guess because I wanted to see more silence. I I see these moments yeah. where I envision him being like super like sadistic just to get the information yeah. he needs and I kind of it, it's cool to have it for the mystery but also I love silence so it would have been cool to see.
0: Yeah, Who and doesn't I think, love silence. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I when he was there, I I Like we already talked about that final choice that he made, and I I felt like that was a really, a really impactful choice for him. So because of who he is, you know, he just wants to learn. And he's got an op- he's got a golden opportunity to just leave and do that and do nothing but that.
1: He probably saw these Zeniths and were like, I don't want to be like these freaking prestigious assholes. Like, hey,
0: I'm going to stay that,
1: back with these homies.
0: That's a great that's a great way to, to look at it is like is that he 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 didn't want to be like them. But uh, also, you know, he looks down at everyone celebrating, and he knows that they're going to have a hard fight ahead of them. And he comes down, and Aloy's like, "You're staying," and he's like, "You're going to need all the help you can get." Right? Like, and yeah, that's that's kind of his. That's kind of his passive aggressive ally way of saying like no i'm going to help you it's, yeah. it's the
2: gold. it's the golden lining to like what i think was a very silly ending overall but like you do get that great character moment for mm-hmm. a great character yeah in the context of the game i just wish that because you could have gotten to that same kind of dilemma another way maybe silence whole pursuit the entire game was he was trying to find a way to get the fuck off the planet and that mm-hmm. would have been like his objective. Who knows? I'm, I'm throwing shit out. Again, can't judge the game for what it's not. Right, we got to right. judge it by what it is. But I'm just, all I'm saying is, is like, there were other ways to get there. And I felt like it was like a silly way to get to that, like a really good moment. I agree.
1: Yeah, and I think that maybe Silence also partially wants to learn more about Nemesis because that was the one piece of yeah. information that he couldn't extract from what I remember him talking to Aloy. Like, no, yeah. I genuinely did not know about this because mm-hmm. she yeah. was—I think she was surprised that he didn't know. I was surprised. I was like, wait, Silence didn't know about this? Um, yeah. So he might want to learn about that as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the last like character I want to talk about is uh is Gaia we finally get to like it, it, it talk to Gaia exchange words with her and you t- we wind up talking to her a lot and at this point yeah I, like last episode I kept talking about uh, we're overgendering oh, AIs but they do do it a couple times in the game and Gaia is presented as a woman so yeah I, they gender all of them yeah yeah so um but yeah Gaia I've like I think it's, Elizabeth- I think it's
2: safe to just assume that like whatever gender because they're all pantheon
0: from the Greek pantheon, yeah. or whatever the gender is, yeah. And you could look at it, yeah, you could look at it that way. I definitely agree with that. But Gaia, I, I think Elizabeth did a good job at her goal was to create an AI with empathy that had empathy, and I felt like Gaia was a pretty was a pretty good example of having that balance between yes, she is an artificial intelligence, but yes, she also can have emotion and uh, kind of be a friend, you know? Yeah. And I, I felt like they did a pretty good job with her for what part of the game she was she was uh, actively present.
1: I just felt like she was so boring, but I guess it makes sense because she's AI. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I didn't really talk with her much yet, oh, so like, I, I can't well, comment. She, she was the greatest source for information about True. like what was going on. So I and me wanting to know more about the Zeniths and whatnot, I found that the stuff talking to her probably more interesting than everyone else.
1: Um, it was, but then it got to be a bit much at a certain point because I was the same yeah. way at first. And then it was like, once again, like repetitive and drawn out and like things yeah. she could have said in like one sentence wound up being for really long sentences because she talks like this, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But and the I, I, how did you guys feel about the. Uh, I put them in here as plot MacGuffins, but going and gathering. Yeah, plot the MacGuffins. other. Yeah. The other AI. How did you guys uh, like like those um, those quests?
1: I wanted to see more. Like it's weird to say personality from the AI, but like, yeah, a little bit more from the AI themselves because I did feel like we got a lot from Hades. And we got a lot even to an extent from Hephaestus, but I felt like the other AIs, it was just like, okay, we got them, um, got the Dragon I- Balls, gathered them and, you know, <laughs> doing what we need to do.
0: Well, I think they wanted, they, uh, they obviously wanted to like focus more on the tribes and stuff, but I agree is like, I I do kind of you know, we've kind of established that these AIs got sentience and left and and are kind of on their own. So like, yeah, give them some sort of personality. Even maybe when they rejoin with Gaia, have her personality kind of be molded around regaining these other uh, sentient personalities. Um, Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see her evolve as she reclaims these other uh, sub functions.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of split because... On one hand, I agree that the it would have been nice to see more personality and more tailored missions that are tailored to those personalities of the individual things. Um, and at the same time, I felt like those three missions, it, it, it served to kind of get you out into the open world because you can tackle them in any order you want. Yeah. So it, it's very much a design decision, but it also feels like from a pacing perspective, it bogs down the mainline narrative a bit. If you're trying to kind of keep up with it. Um,
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: That all being said, I did enjoy kind of the world building aspects, the things you have to do to just to get to each of the AIs.
0: And I did like how they were kind of content or how they, the, the AI did match like their location, right? Like ether, you had to wrestle with the sky clan, um and uh, Poseidon was, was in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was, was, in La- cool. the, was, that was in was in like cool. an arid desert, and yeah, that under- was my favorite. But in an yeah. under, but in an underwater like area, like it's that that was like so fucking cool. And uh, and and Demeter being like. A god of uh, what is it? Nature, right? Right, Jason. Plants, yeah, plants. yeah, plants. Like was in this overgrown, like San Francisco area, or all, like just a just before you get to San Francisco at the shore, uh, on the mainland, it's like in this overgrown area that you gotta that you gotta kind of you have to, and each tool that you get like kind of matches that area too. So like that one is where you get the vine cutter to get rid of this overgrowth. Right. Um I I found that i found that to be really really well done well designed really cool uh narratively and mechanically
1: yeah i thought though the poseidon ai was like the highlight of the gameplay for me just because you're like going into this deep underwater casino Mm -hmm. and it's like you see all the neon signs and stuff like that and as you're exiting one of like one of the areas of the casino you see this big giant like lapras sea turtle robot (laughs) like swoosh by you i just thought that was like the peak of that game for me in so many ways like visually aesthetically kind of how it tied into the old world and and, you know how um what was his name Morin and stuff like that how he's connected to that location I thought that was done so well
0: yeah and I also I did like how nearly all of those focused on a different tribe like obviously the uh, ether was focused on the Tanakh um Va- going after Poseidon Vegas was focused on the Asurum, and um, Demeter was focused on the Quen. Uh, Utaru was, you know, obviously that was focused on before you you even get there. But I I really I really liked that uh, that that aspect of like really splitting off and and showing you these different these different groups of people. Yeah. Uh, in Wait very ways. That... <clears throat> maybe,
2: maybe I'm confusing. I thought Demeter was underneath Hikaru's
0: throne room that was ether ether sorry yeah um so yeah I I I I I thought that those were pretty well done and yeah I mean Gaia they could have done more with her but I overall liked her um as as a as a character um are there any other major like plot threads you guys want to talk about before we start moving on to other stuff to talk about
2: um, hold on. Uh, I don't know if uh, we'll save it
0: for later with like exploration gameplay stuff. Cause I right, that, that's what I was going yeah. to get into next. Yeah. yeah. Is, is move on, move on out, outside of, of plot relevant stuff uh, and going into like more uh, wider game things.
1: Yeah. I think we're good to move on.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, then let, yeah, let's talk about the open world and exploring it and kind of talk about the scope of the game
2: very big but again as, as i said the running theme of last game and this game more is not always more there, there's um, a
0: whole yeah there's a whole lot of game in this game and uh yeah, a whole lot of <laughs> lot whole lot of
2: salve brush berries whatnot yeah 598 <laughs> berries in in your stash yeah there's
1: so much to talk about with the open world i mean first of all it's beautiful right the game's beautiful no doubt different biomes it's like seeing like like freaking sunrises over mountains i i I eat that shit up even the underwater sequences especially when you got the item from poseidon to like not lose breath it was really fun to explore those sections absolutely gorgeous i just hated the ubisoftization of this game like there was so many (laughs) side quests this goes
2: this goes back to what i was talking about i want to deliver on the witcher 3 comparison so that and you guys remember how excited i was when i first started playing this game in our chat i was like oh guys this is awesome It was because I was in that first area, that tutorial area, (laughs) which in my opinion kind of sells a false bill of goods Mm -hmm. because that first area is very interconnected. Mm -hmm. All of the side quests in that area connect to one central plot thread Mm -hmm. of the politics that are going into that. And that's very similar to what happens in the tutorial section of Witcher 3 where you get a small open world area that has a interconnected story to that area and then it expands but in horizon forbidden west when it expands basically you don't get that in any of the other towns that you go to
1: it's true and i know mark wanted to say something but when i first played this game and i was in that tutorial area that was the only area that i 100 and i was like i'm doing every single thing in this little it It was like a little corner
2: it all builds up to you deposing that corrupt mayor like exactly build into it and I was like, this is great question. And I design. thought it was gonna continue
1: yeah. that way and it didn't. You're right.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I totally agree. And you know what? It even extends to the collectibles. There are signal towers that you can collect for one specific character, and they're only in that opening area. Mm-hmm. They don't expand past that. And then once you get to the greater part of the map, The black boxes, the uh, relic ruins, the survey drones, they're all over the place. And it's not like you have that tight group of collectibles that's only in this area. It's just that first area, the daunt, that has that very tight design. And then everything is just like, yep, fuck it. Just toss the Legos out all over the floor and see what (laughs) what lands where. Yeah, I I agree. And it's a
2: really, really big floor that takes a long time to navigate. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um no I, I I that opening area was very it was very uh deceptive because yeah. I I I, I uh, the same thing with you guys I loved how all those quests tied back to how much of a piece of shit Olvind was yeah. and once you finished all of them you kicked him out and every and Petra was like hell yeah let's go have yeah. some ale and fucking celebrate like it felt Fuck like, that guy. it felt
2: like you were making progress that wasn't counted in an exp bar yeah. Or your inventory, it was like you were affecting the world. And yeah, you were furthering a story that didn't necessarily tie into the big main story, but it was characters that you cared about, and yeah, so, yeah.
0: I I totally agree, and I I, I it was Which a genuine very dis- Witcher three, yeah, yeah, and it was genuine disappointment once you go further west, and that that the whole element is just gone, yeah, it's missing. There's totally. no like even plain song. Uh, has like a lot of side quests and what it could could have really been set up for like something leading towards like a, a central plot it's really not yeah and to to the game's credit it does it, it does kind of culminate in in these in the side quest lines pertaining to your individual companions you yeah. know the side quest for for Zoe uh with helping out the the, the land gods like that was very personal to to plain song <laughs> but like it wasn't the same feeling of like all these people in in um, what was that first area? Chainscrape, the first uh, town that you go to. Yes. Where uh, where Olvind was kind of ruling over them. Yes. Um, like you do all these quests, uh, all these side quests that like seem like they're separate, but really they're all under one, uh, one core issue, and that's the oppression of this of this guy Olvind. Yeah. And once co- and completing them, you you. Kick him out. It, it it culminates in something, and that was really satisfying. I was paying attention to those side quests more than I paid attention to any side quest I did in Zero Dawn.
1: Same, yeah. And
0: that eventually just falls off, and that's it's super disappointing. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, exploring the open world though, like the the climbing, I I really liked what they did with the fast travel, where you you it's still limited to the to the backpacks, mm-hmm. um. <laughs> But I really liked that any discovered campfire you could fast travel from and uh, uh, to another one for free. I really liked that.
1: It was an improvement, but then once again, and I hate when you're playing a game like Elden Ring where you have save points (laughs) all over the place and wherever the hell you are, as long as you're not in the middle of whatever, you can just fast travel there. It just made it seem like busy work, like, oh, I gotta get to yeah. this campsite, and my freaking mount is dead, because yeah. there was, like, 10,000 freaking behemoths over here, and, like, I gotta go find another mount.
0: It is kind of a needless a needless restriction. It's like, well, if you're gonna improve on it this much, why not just do away with the with the restriction at all, you know? Like, yeah, and if you're near really a, a safe point,
2: point it's like... Man, I got to go find these specific animals. I hope they're in this biome because I need some meat. I need some bones. <laughs> yeah. I need some fox teeth or squirrel teeth or whatever the fuck it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, thank God, though, in collecting all those things, there was a stash and I didn't have to worry about managing yeah. my inventory as much. God. But it still didn't get rid of the issue of weapon management where I still felt like I was changing weapons just to change the element. So to, to, Yeah, yeah. And it was much it, better, but it was, it was it was like, and later in the game you do get weapons that have more elements attached to them, but it's by that, by that point, the game's over. So I can't really enjoy yeah. it.
2: Again, yeah. it's like, like I was saying two steps forward, but a step still there's so much that there are things that they changed for the better in this game. There are improvements for sure. Quality of life all over. At the same time, there are things that didn't change like, just the vast amount of shit that is just not necessary.
0: So, yeah, I want to I want to I d- want to get to weapon like the weapons and stuff next, but the last thing I just want to bring up is with exploring. Did you guys like the improved like uh Uh, like exploration options the new the like the the new mechanics that they introduced the pull caster the shield wing uh just the the fact that you can climb more things yeah for sure
1: and it definitely helped that you can add it i added this accessibility option to like highlight areas that you could Mm -hmm. actually climb because it's still not like breath of the wild where you can literally climb anything there's still like specific places that you have to climb but i thought that the the pull caster made me feel like it reminded me of the grappling hook from like batman or something that was really cool yeah. and there were some cool like parkour yep. sequences with that mm-hmm. Um, like jumping off and then pulling off when you're like midair that was really cool yeah, and then well, yeah, the, yeah the paraglide like th- th- it was a beautiful world why wouldn't I want a paraglide from the top of a mountain instead yeah. of having to like walk down and potentially dying
0: I mean I would argue this game had more interesting exploratory puzzles like in, in terms of like tra- like traversal puzzles and stuff than a lot of uncharted games do
2: I will say one note that yeah. pissed me off was Jumping, um, A, be- because of the nature of the movement and the different devices, um, they obviously couldn't do this. Um, but, all right. L- so my first issue was that I, I would repeatedly, accidentally use the grappling hook because it's like double tap X or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would like repeatedly. And also there are situations where like you'll get caught and there'll be multiple points and you can't really choose which one. So it's like, you'll go back and forth multiple times trying to grapple the one thing, but it's like grappling you back. It's really weird. And then it, it's really hard in a lot of those navigational puzzles you're talking about to judge when and when to make the jump and how far you'll move to the point. It's just like, I'm, I'm saying in my head, like fucking nintendo figured this out in the fucking 90s link (laughs) link automatically jumps off the platform and goes as far as he needs to, I, like, I understand why you can't do that here. Cause it's a much more complex system, but yeah. like, it, it's just like, it can, it can get a little frustrating, it,
1: but no, still, I felt like, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no go ahead. Delilah. I was just
1: gonna say, I felt like I was constantly overjumping like all of the platforming. I, I would always overjump and it, other open world games have done it. So we can't even say it's a 2d verse like open world thing. Cause yeah. like Assassin's Creed, I feel like navigates better than that. Granted, it's like a parkour game at its core for the most part. But still, like if if it should have adopted that because the overjumping was like it blew my mind, and also um, they introduced this feature where you can like use the grapple and like jump even higher and like kind of like rope yeah. yourself up by like yes. tapping it again, and they use that like twice in the game. So I like had trouble figuring it out at first, and when I finally figured it out, they just never used it again. And oh, I was like, I
0: used it, I used it regularly, really, yeah, because it because it got you up higher faster Faster, and i would there were lots of times where i would do that and then shield wing to just go further too right Um, yeah i I use that pretty often
2: but mark how you you gotta climb and get your little shrubs for your dyes for your armor
0: (laughs) i dyed my armor once for the me too me too yeah. yeah like that that was it (laughs) <laughs> the the one thing I did like is I I did get a face paint. I got I used like the Nora Seeker face paint or whatever. I mm-hmm. thought the, I thought the face paints were infinitely cooler than dyeing my armor because <laughs> you're changing your armor pretty regularly. You're never really changing your face, you're, right? So no, there's a little more permanence there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about the weapons and the armor systems, uh, and namely. <sighs> there are a lot of weapons in this fucking game and I didn't use half of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, I they somehow all
2: bows, all bows, the entire, oh, really?
0: <laughs> See, I like, I tried to stick to like, I would use two different bows, uh, like hunter bows, one that was like normal and one that had elemental stuff. One that was a sharp shot bow. And then I would mix it up with the other three. Um, but like, God, yeah. Like you still have to go into menus to switch shit out. So I didn't really switch shit out often. That's the and, thing with
2: the elementals is that's why I had all bows always on my hot bars. Cause yeah. I needed a bow for every fucking elemental.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, was, like I, I was able to cover other elements with like other things. Like they added these warrior bows that are like short range, rapid fire bows. And like, <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. uh, they again, very good.
2: More is not more always.
0: <laughs> yeah and like like I, I you know to an extent i get it like th- this extends past the weapons into just general combat where like i get like the the appeal of having lots of options uh it means your players can you know they can really customize and find like something to their liking but this game had something i like to call combat overload where it's just like here you've got all these different weapon types and then each one you can unlock on your skill trees by the way there's six skill trees uh, you can unlock these additional abilities that you can use with all these different weapon types, and you can get these valor surges, which is a thing that you can recharge to, like you know, use this and like it powers you up or do the. And it's like, oh my god, I didn't use most of that stuff because I just kept forgetting that it was there because there's so many options. Agreed,
1: yes. and and the the melee power surge only came in handy against humans, and then everything else I just use like one of the healing. Yeah. I didn't even power invest surges. in melee. Yeah, and, <laughs> my and
2: and, and, see, and that's. So I still think combat, just like the last game, I still think that the combat was when I was having the most fun. Although in this mm-hmm. game, I will give them credit. They actually put in fucking viable stealth options. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always tend towards stealth. So that's probably why. If I was like trying to play it the same way I played the last game, I probably wouldn't have had as much fun for the reasons you're talking about, Mark. Is that it? it it's not even rock, paper, scissors. It's just like Rock, paper, scissors, cup, boulder, <laughs> I don't know, phone. I, I,
0: you get the idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's just like, yeah, there's just so, too, there's too many choices. It's just too much. Like, I don't need all these options. I don't think anyone does. They need
1: to just do away with it. If they make a third game, just do away with it. Please do away with it. And if you're really not going to do away with it because you're just like attached to it for whatever reason, give us loadouts. Yeah,
0: give us loadouts for fuck's sake. I didn't. I didn't change the thing. I changed up the least was probably my armor because like they all had a clear detriment to them, and like some things you wouldn't unlock unless you upgraded your, your stuff, and you need to order to upgrade everything. And I I loved the fact that it has an upgrade system. I thought that each weapon and each armor having like its own upgrade path was great. I really liked that. There just needed to be so many less things to upgrade.
2: Yeah. That's the problem I had was that I only ever upgraded (laughs) a piece of armor once, maybe twice. I only, I never got anything fully upgraded just because in order to actually do the upgrades, you have to fucking go to every corner of the map for one weapon to get the required components Mm -hmm. and to get those components it's not like an RNG drop. You have to, spec- which is has its pros and cons. You have to specifically destroy see the enemy I... in a specific way, which is I like th- that in concept. However, it, it, the way because enemy movement can be so erratic, it's extremely frustrating when you finally track one of these enemies down. Yeah, you set it up and it something gets fucked up, like a shot gets fucked up, and, or maybe you accidentally kill it before
0: the piece gets knocked off it's just it's... see overall in spite of the things you're describing i loved that because it made it made taking different approaches to fight these enemies so much more meaningful mm-hmm. you know normally you, i would just you know grab out a blast sling and blow it up but like no i had to mm-hmm. like very carefully you know scan the enemies highlight the parts take careful shots so i could break off that piece because i'm going to need it for an upgrade uh, I really liked that it made it made playing that way, which is how they want you to play the game, kind of just feel so much more important.
1: I think um, I really love that in concept, but I wound up not doing any of those like qu- upgrade quests because I felt like I could have I got by the game without it. And if it would have yeah. been like one big quest chain like for one weapon or one outfit where you're like you're getting all these components and you're just like adding it to your outfit for like a different elemental ability or whatever the case i felt like it would have felt more meaningful in the way that you're saying like yeah let's go knock this component off this enemy well see i think it would have been
0: see i I agree and i i kind of get that i think what they should have done obviously is honed in like how many weapons there are and like get rid of the rarity at least in that, like, this weapon is an uncommon weapon. This weapon is a rare weapon. <laughs> Instead, like, make it, you upgrade your bow as it's green to a certain point, And then there's a special thing you do to modify it to make it blue. And then you got to upgrade that to then modify that to purple yeah. and then so on and so forth. Give me one weapon that I upgrade throughout the entire game. So that progression feels much more personal. Simplify, yeah. Mm-hmm. Simpl- yeah, simplify it and make it, make it so that there's not as much bl- inventory bloat. Like there's so many weapons. There's so many. I mean, it 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 almost at times
2: feels like. uh, It almost at times feels like a Korean MMO in the sense that it's like Skinner box theory taken to the extreme with game design, except there's no RNG. You have to actually go around and do very specific things in very specific ways. Which again, on paper, I like those, but there's
0: so much of it. Yeah, it gets so tedious. And like to their credit they do differentiate the weapons pretty well like they have inherent uh they have inherent bonuses that some others don't like there's ones that you know they'll they'll give you better stealth damage and that's not a mod you can just remove or install like that's what that weapon does it's better for stealth this weapon is better for overdrawing this weapon is better for elemental damage you know they 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 do kind of give them unique properties in that way but like i it's it, it just was too much and i never wanted to change things out because we don't have loadouts i don't want to go into menus to change that shit and they do streamline the menus a little better There's a lot less tabs getting to what i want to do to switch something out is a lot easier this time but it's still
2: too much yeah the, the too much it applies to upgrading it applies to upgrading armor it applies to upgrading your especially your pouches because your pouches are tied to uh animals Um, (laughs) animals, which are a fucking pain in the ass to track down the right stuff some of them are and that's an actual rng because you need to hope that you get the rarest possible version yeah or drop because each one has multiple
0: rarest it's it's a lot of it's like just the right one you know like uh a um trying to think of an animal Uh well he's
1: right like a like a pigeon or a jay will have like a blue heart or something like that yeah
0: like like a like a a boar will drop either its hide or the other part (laughs) that you need but it's not like one is more required than the other because there's a pouch that requires one thing and there's a pouch that requires the other thing and you just need to get the right thing you know
1: no yeah but but there is i think a rarity system with the pieces yeah like, there
0: is, but I feel like it's kind of arbitrary. Yeah, you know, I feel it like is. It, yeah, I feel like the the purple item versus the blue item, it, that, like the purple doesn't necessarily need to be rarer than the other. In fact, I I never really felt like they were any more rare than the others. Right, like, like there would be times where I'd get like five purples in a row, right, from killing the same animal, and then I'd finally get a blue. And like usually, blue is traditionally like more common, but like it didn't feel that way sometimes. Right. It it just it, it just it felt very needless arbitrary, just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. When are you going to kill a boar and not get a hide from it? Like where does <laughs> the hide go? Does it just magically <laughs> just disappear in your arrow? Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um. So yeah, I there's there's just too much, and the new weapons that they added, like they they were trying to like do something different. Like you had the um. It's like one of those like ball thrower things. What what the hell were they Slings? called? Things? What are you talking about? No, like like it's like one of those, you know, like you you it's like a big I don't know, like half a cylinder and like there's like a thing that you throw and it comes back and you got to catch it.
1: Oh yeah, the uh it, it was like a shredder or something like shredder.
0: that. Shredder. Shredder Gauntlet. That's what yeah. they are. Oh, the Gauntlet.
2: I, didn't, the gauntlet. I, ne- I never even used it. I have and it. I never even used it.
0: they were they were neat. They were interesting. They um because because they 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 played with a different style of gameplay where like you throw it and it comes back to you. and if you catch it and you throw it and hit something three times with it, the next throw it'll explode. And like that was kind of neat, except it didn't work all that well because a lot of the enemies will just stampede you and yeah. constantly <laughs> knock you over, and you can't fucking catch the thing if you get knocked over. Yeah, and that uh, so wouldn't even
2: more- Or even worse, you'll get knocked off of if it's like a special quest or something and you have to climb up somewhere, you'll get knocked off and down and have to climb back up to the arena. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or sometimes they'll knock you down and Aloy takes like 10 minutes to get up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There were lots of times- And then when you get up, they knock
1: you down again.
0: (laughs) There were lots of times where I got killed because of that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: oh my God so yeah like one of yeah, the warrior bows i thought were stupid i didn't see much of a point to them like the new weapons they added the new weapon types like some of them were cool some of them weren't but overall what's the point just like slim it down yeah it doesn't need to be this much
1: i feel like just keep it straight bow combat is fine like maybe one or two other varieties of weapons, the majority
0: but... of what i did through the game yeah. i thought rope casters sucked in this game too like rope casters were really useful in the first one yes um I relied and I thought- so heavily on rope casters, and I'd,
2: after the first one I got, and I started using it, and it's like two shots, and they're free. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> I thought they were they they were definitely uh, nerfed. <laughs> uh, in this game, And then they introduced like the canister rope casters, which is just oh, like, God, I
1: didn't shoot the
0: canister onto the enemy, and then you gotta shoot the canister. yeah, And yeah. I'm just like, well, why wouldn't I just use an elemental arrow and just skip the bullshit like exactly? Well, what the fuck? <laughs> i don't I don't understand. I, I didn't I did not like those at all.
1: But all in all to say, although I hated the weapon system and stuff like that, these damn new robots were so freaking cool.
0: Yeah, a lot of them were really, really cool.
1: Like the minute I saw the Slitherfang, which is like the first real big one that you fight, I was like, wow, like a giant robot snake. That's dope. And then, like I said, the Lapras, the the sea turtle. um,
2: The spine. What is it called? The something spiner. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. The Jurassic Um, Park 3. Darn. yeah, yeah
0: the the oh, what is it the spine something death spine or i don't know yeah
1: i know what you're talking about they also had the tremor tusks the big old elephant robots Menace, yeah really gonna... cool robots yeah, and the tremor
0: tusks were cool uh sorry go oh, the slaughter spine that's what it was yeah, called. yeah. all right go on carry on
1: <laughs> and then um at the end you get a nice flying mount which made traversing even better and it looked really cool and it controlled really really well Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: i um that was a really cool surprise and um there's only like the one but like all all the flying machines kind of function relatively the same it was kind of nice to give like give different ones than just glint hawks and stormbirds like we had this time the uh what sun wings the? sun wings thank you and there was the other more annoying flying one um
1: yeah i can't remember
0: i can't remember what they're called <laughs> but like we had a kangaroo type uh, oh my god they machine. were so
1: cute and the little <laughs> burrowers were so cute too the what the burrowers
0: oh the they burrowers were, yeah they
1: were like the new watchers kind of yeah
0: they just yeah. Uh, but they, they still have red eye watchers later in the game which is like okay yeah <laughs> I, and I did find it kind of odd that this new machine just completely replaced, like, the most common machine in the first game, but, like, yeah. I guess watchers are still around. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, I, I did like that they kept a lot of machines from the first game, but not all of them, and they kind of made it seem like, you know, the these machines have their own ecosystem, like, certain ones are only found in certain places, and now yeah. you're going further out west, like, you're not finding everything you found back uh, in, in the first game, mm-hmm. so... How'd you guys
2: feel did... about the uh, the Sentinels?
0: They the were
1: Sentinels. too tanky. You... you mean the he yeah. means the Spectres, right? Oh, specters. The
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was thinking
0: X Men brain. Sorry, <laughs> that was one complaint. I, that, another complaint I did have about the Zeniths was like they that was really their only machine. And I kind of the first time we see them, I kind of expected them to up the ante a few times later in the game, and they never really do, except for the boss fight with Tilda with Specter Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was like my only sticking point with the the Specters. Huh. I, I just found them annoying. Like they were, said, they were they were tanky. They yeah. had very specific weak points that were difficult to even, shoot. Even even if yeah yeah. Even, even, and they move so fast. It was the
2: same thing with that final boss fight with um, with Tilda oh, yeah. in the sp- in the suit. I died so much because my entire play style, the entire game, had been
0: stealth and ranged arrows mm. and. I was just fucked in that arena. Yeah, I I really liked that fight because it, it like it called. I like I used a lot of elemental stuff during during that fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used. I it I had, worked really well.
2: I had acid arrows and plasma stuff, all that stuff. I had all like the weaknesses, and I was hitting the weaknesses. It was just she has so much health, and it felt like I had to basically try to sneak around as best I could, or or just run the fuck away. And there were just attacks that, the the AoE yeah. attacks felt really. Especially, <laughs> sorry, sorry to mention, but especially now playing like Elden Ring where you have clear tells and whatnot and clear ways to yeah. avoid iframes, like being caught in those AOE attacks and feeling like you couldn't escape, just it was, it just felt unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was a problem throughout the whole game. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, there was, a, there was a weapon type that actually became like my crutch through most of the game, um, the, dra- the, the spike throwers. That's OP, yeah. I used that with the propelled spike ability oh, to yeah. get out of so many situations. It was, it is very o- overpowered. They did a lot of
1: damage. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um.
0: So yeah, I did. I did want to bring that up. Um. But yeah, the the new machine types they were really cool. Um. What was your guys' favorite of the new ones?
1: Ooh. Hmm. Yeah,
0: putting put Probably the on, mammoth. On. The mammoth is interesting because it was like
2: almost a puzzle onto it. There were so many there were so many ways you could tackle it, and it wasn't like a matter of like, oh, this is the weakness for this. Like it was basically a walking fortress.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So Yeah. yeah. Like I you could I... take out the legs, you could take out the tower, like you could take out the tusks. There were so many ways to approach it.
1: Yeah. I think that was supposed to be the token new one because it came with a collector's edition. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got the collector's edition I kept trying to see like what the weak points might be. <laughs> before I played the game. Um but I really like the sea turtle. Just that sequence was just mind blowing to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The
1: What's it? I don't know the actual name the, by the heart.
0: Snapper something?
1: Yeah, something like that. Shell snapper. Shell snapper know. sounds right. Sounds something like that. Um I really
0: dug the design of the slaughter spines. Mm-hmm. Um even though fighting them was a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, it was
2: the, that and like the Thunder Jaws, especially because as you said, the um the rope caster got so nerfed and I felt like those were so crucial to those big fights in the first game. Yeah. And part of the fun of those fights, why they were the most fun in my opinion, against the Thunder Jaws, was because you wanted to like pin them down, and then take out like a weak part and then evade. Uh recoup and then rope them again, you know there was a there was a rhythm to it, whereas the rope caster was kind of useless, so you kind of had to run and hope you didn't get tanked by an a o e attack
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but I also really liked the uh we you know we 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 always refer to like horizon. Is like the elevator pitch is like ah, oh, it's a world overtaken with robot dinosaurs, but like most of them aren't really dinosaurs. Yeah. Except for the plowhorn and the grimhorn, they are one hundred percent triceratops. Yeah. And they fucking rule. Yeah, they're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use like one of the weirder new elements in the in the game, the adhesive. Yeah. It just like kind of slows you down. I thought that was kind of it was kind of quirky and and unique to. Uh, not a lot of machines use that, but those did. Right, so those were cool. Well, the,
2: it's a vegan society, man. They can't just outright <laughs> poison or kill you. They gotta slow you down. Oh, God, <laughs> I, 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 I loved that whole dialogue bit with with um, what's her name? Where she's trying Zoe. to zo. she's trying to get Varl to become vegan.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: This other yeah. fangs were also really cool.
0: Yeah, the slitherfangs were cool, and that, that like that was a really great way to open up oh, the game.
1: There was but... the bat one too that I really liked.
0: Oh, the Dreadwings. the
1: dreadwings, yeah,
0: yeah. They they um they were cool, but they it annoyed me because like sometimes uh, stalkers would become frustrating because they go invisible and the Dreadwing could do that too, but yeah. the Dreadwing can also fly and is much more dangerous. Yeah. So it was like that thing would go invisible and I'd be like, motherfucker, I <laughs> don't know where your weak points are and I really need to right now. Yeah.
1: Um, um The one new robot that I didn't really like was the one that was kind of like a monkey. It was like, oh, or maybe a like gorilla. Yeah. yeah. I felt like they were too fast and I couldn't really get their weak points most of the time
0: yeah there were and you know that they (laughs) did want you to there were there was another machine that was really fast and like the i guess the conceit you could look at is that oh you need to use an adhesive weapon to slow them down so you can more carefully aim up those shots yeah but again that comes back to our complaint about uh, there's no loadouts it's really frustrating to switch shit out like give me that option yeah Yeah. um so to their credit to their credit
2: though i think one of the complaints I had about the first game was that the weak spots didn't feel like they did much more than hitting it anywhere else, whereas in this game it's much more vital to hit those weak spots. Yeah. Yeah. But the trade-off was that it, it got increasingly frustrated, frustrating to hit the weak spots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never felt like I had much trouble or frustration with that. I, maybe, maybe it's because I, I really liked the idea of having to hunt specific parts and use them for mm-hmm. certain things. I, I, I found that to be, uh, so much better in this game than it did in the first one.
2: No, I'm more, I'm more. It's not even that. It's more, I, ju- I would just get frustrated. Like I'd fully upgraded bow, focus, all that stuff, precision mm-hmm. shot, yeah, bow yeah. and whatnot. I would line up a shot perfectly. And then something with like the aim collision or aim detection. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like an arrow would, I literally watch arrows just fly through, particularly flying enemies. The hit detection kind of spazzed out a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: just, it would get frustrating sometimes.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I was going to say something about the, oh yeah, I really liked how the tall necks were designed differently. Oh, like, how you,
0: yes. Yeah,
1: Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
0: I I forgot to put that in the notes, but I did want to talk about that. Yes. It was so cool. We talked about it in the last episode. The Frozen Wilds tall neck. You actually had to do something other than climb it. Every tall neck in this game was like that. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And they had their cool missions. Like there was the one where uh, you had to fight
2: off. You you basically had to shoot it with the the big cannons to slow it down. Yeah. But at the same time, you're fending off like an attack of machines, mm-hmm. like cool scenarios like that. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: they all had something that so much more interesting than find the highest place to jump onto it and wait. Like yeah. they all had a puzzle behind them. It was fantastic. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. I completely forgot to t- to write down the tall Tallnecks. Yeah. And it, like so much better than the first game. And I loved it. And so, like the
1: underwater seeing it underwater was really cool too mm-hmm. that's the thing like we know they're making a horizon vr game and just the idea of seeing these things in vr sounds like a really cool idea even even if they don't like nail it at the end of the day i feel like at least that would be really cool
0: yeah i mean that could that game could just be like a safari cruise looking at machines to like, <laughs> yeah. just a look at them would be cool you know <laughs> um Yeah, we can talk more about the other activities in this game, you know, continuing on the just massive amount of content this game had. In addition to side quests and errands, it had the salvage contracts, it had the races, it had the arena, it had the melee pits, it had the cauldrons, it had the vistas, it had the rebel camps, it had rebel outposts, it had machine strike, it had tall necks. Oh my god, it had so much map, shit. To map do. diarrhea. Yep. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And like of those things, I think the coolest things to do. I actually really liked the the contracts in the end, because it had a good payoff once you finished all of them. Right.
2: You got you got the currency right that you could buy like the the
0: rarer materials for upgrading and whatnot. No, so like doing the, all the salvage contracts. So the like the whole story behind the salvage contractors is that they're trying to build armor for a for a comp, an armor competition. Oh, they're okay. all they're all Oserim salvagers and they're building armor, a special armor for a competition. And once you complete all four of them, uh, you go and see the results of the judging for their armors and the the guys like yeah none of these are really great but they all have something great about them and and he was, he was originally just going to leave and not give them any reward mm. and Aloy's like no they all did something well so maybe they should combine every, their, their, what they did well to make like the ultimate armor and they're like yeah that's a great idea and then Aloy's like yeah you're going to pay them all for it and he's like alright fine yeah. and you get to keep the armor and it was like that was really cool mm-hmm. um but like ultimately, they were just like mini, mini combat missions under certain circumstances. So really, the payoff was cool, but the actual things themselves were like, eh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I thought the melee pits were really cool, but I also really liked the melee combat. I used it more than I expected to.
1: I used it a lot more too, but I felt like the melee pits were like broken towards the end, like the later areas. Yeah. they would show you inputs, and it would be like a like a Mortal Kombat combo or any fighting game like a combo they, were, they and... were
0: just uh not explaining what they wanted you to do very well because i i know exactly what you're talking about i would like try to do what they what i thought they were asking me to do and i'd fuck it up and i'm like mm-hmm. how did i fuck that up i mm-hmm. thought i did it exactly what they asked how they asked yeah and they, they they just weren't explaining them very well
1: yeah
0: um but i did like them because it taught me how, how the intricacies of the melee uh i thought cauldrons were a hugely improved uh uh thing in this game because they weren't they didn't feel um as sim as same as or as similar to one another as like the first game did a lot of the cauldrons in the first game just kind of felt like the same you'd go into a cauldron and yeah do some jumping puzzles do some combat and then get to the core and then end it there was one that dared to be different and that was probably the best one all these had like some unique thing about them um, between like the platforming, I really liked the one that was like almost entirely underwater, and you had to f- yeah. uh, mess with the uh, rising the water levels and lowering mm-hmm. them uh, to get through it. I thought that was great. <clears throat> yeah. Um.
1: Some of them were too long, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one was really long. Yeah, uh, the water one, but I st- I still really liked it because it was just so interesting. Um, the rebel mm-hmm. camps and outposts—they kind of led to that storyline with Arind getting right. revenge on one of the people that killed his sister, but, like, overall they were just bandit camps again. Machine Strike, I really liked it first, but got really old really fast. Oh, yeah. And uh, I eventually had to just, like, stop doing it. I
2: At the end of the day, I have to, though, just agree with Delilah, is that, like, I just, by the you know, halfway through the game, I stopped really doing a lot of this stuff. Mostly because mm-hmm. there was the story, the actual story content to it was very sparse. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know. I, I keep coming back to it. I was more interested in what was going on with the tribes and whatnot in the characters. Yeah. Um, it's just, and admittedly, the, like the Ubisoftization yeah. definitely
0: crept in there a bit. Yeah. Uh, contrast to that. I thought a lot of the collectibles were pretty cool. I really liked the relic ruins because the rel the 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 ruins were. They were puzzles. They were puzzles to figure out and solve, and they were all unique. The survey drones were cool, yeah. Uh, the survey drones were fine, I guess. I, I I liked I liked the reward that they gave you, yeah. even if it was kind of just like.
2: And the black box, I liked. I, I thought it was cool that you know you're go- going into these crashed planes and yeah, in I mean, cool spots. Yeah,
0: on whole, all these collectibles were far more interesting than any of the collectibles in the first game. Um yeah getting a random metal flower out in the wilderness was not interesting yeah the black
2: the black boxes in particular because of the stories about like the war and stuff and like it plays
0: into the culture
2: of the tanakh and and that's all interesting world building
0: yeah the the like the 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 story of the 10 and how they revere them yeah uh and and that all plays really heavily into that that was cool uh did you guys find any of the war totems no, I right. think
1: I had to do one of them. Yeah, I think I did one they, of so
0: them. they weren't marked on the map, yeah. and I didn't realize that they were like a collectible. And they're not like they're not like important for the, any any trophies or anything. Yeah. So I like kind of didn't know about them until after I beat the game. Um, spoilers in a spoiler cast, but they are all there's three of them. They're God of War references.
1: Oh no! So I'm confusing it then. I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's they're, cool. Did you kind of come across a clue in the, like in the nearby area where they are, and like the first one that I found was a hammer stuck in a machine, and then you follow that and you come to the totem and it's Brock and Sindri.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um,
0: the other, another one was an axe stuck in a tree, and you follow the trail there to find a Kratos figure. And you, all, there's one that's a bunch of arrows stuck in a tree. Follow that to find Atreus. Oh. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And finding all three of those unlocks a a uh, mass, all right, a, a face paint that's uh, looks Kratos. like Kratos. Cool. Yeah. I, like I, that. I thought that was a really cool uh, addition.
1: Ghost of Tsushima did a similar thing.
0: Yeah. And I, and I I, I think we, we talked about that in our Iki Island episode. We loved that. Um. So, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up. The, the,
1: the races cool. were weird. Nobody asked for them.
0: Yeah, the races, I mean, they were fun. I enjoyed it. But, like, it was overall, like, a pointless addition. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just strange. You come across people racing and, like, it's like combat racing. Like, they're fucking each other up. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> it's just an odd choice yeah a lot of the a lot of the side content just uh, like it was just for the sake of having more uh, this, this game did not need more right um even if i I like again i thought the collectibles were were great and i really liked doing the relic ruins um especially but the side activities were just like it was just too much yeah um i i i is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I think we're pretty much wrap, like, ready to wrap up. Yeah.
1: I I just I want Horizon. All right, here. I feel like I didn't like this game as much as I wanted to. Ooh.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 now wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Okay. Do. do... You think that has anything to do with Elden Ring releasing a week later? Yes, it absolutely yes. does. I I oh. Yes, I cannot pretend. Yes.
1: But I think, I think even without that, though, um, because... All right, so when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, it was my favorite game that yeah. year. And then whenever you played, I was like, oh um why (laughs) was it my favorite (laughs) um and so I was like waiting for like that like these you know amazing moments in this game and I I got some of them but I mostly didn't get them and I I did feel like the game it's Ubisoft style thing would have turned me off anyway because I'm just so sick of it like in 2017 I could deal with it in 2022, especially when a game side by side like Elden Ring, where there's literally no waypoints and it just like caters to so much curiosity and exploration, just having that dichotomy, it's it's just. I'm sad that I feel this way. Really, um, <laughs> I'm sad that Elden Ring came close to it. But even if it didn't, I'm sad that it felt the need to go down that 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 route with. It yeah the typical open world style my, and
0: that's kind of the go ahead jason sorry
2: all, all i was gonna say was my experience was just as i said before i was so excited with this game when i first started playing that first area
0: yeah
2: and then so, like delilah before outland ring even came out as soon as i got out into the full open world it started and it's disappointing because i genuinely really liked particularly when it came to the companions and to the stuff that was going on with the characters in the actual world. It's just everything else. And there's so much of everything else as, you, as we've yeah. all reiterated it. Um, and it, I, I had almost completely forgotten. It will probably be apparent. I don't even remember certain characters names right now.
0: Yeah. Like, and and I just beat this game a few weeks ago. like, And it's yeah. already like out of my head. Yeah. That is that is something I did want to bring up is like, there's there's so much content. um I like so many of the characters were so much more interesting in this game, but there's so much content that I still like had the same problem as I did with the first one, but just for totally different reasons. I was forgetting who people were. Yeah. Like characters were showing back up later and being like, "Hey, Loy, thanks for helping me with this." And I'm like, "Who, who the fuck
1: are you? <laughs> right. I don't remember you." <laughs> I'm sorry. And like, I think like, that's because like the writing in the quest, like <sighs> it, they weren't as impactful. I hate to compare it to Mass Effect, but like I did remember some Mass Effect non-core characters because the side quests that they involved me in were so relevant to the bigger yeah. picture, and I felt like this game had moments like that, more especially more so than the first game. Especially like with the when you had to pick like what leader you were going to choose. I don't know if you guys did that side oh, yeah, mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who did you guys pick, by the way? Ah, uh,
0: the lady. Whatever. I, I chose was. her too. I don't remember <laughs> <because> I <laughs>
1: exactly. Like that's the point. Like it was. I only remember it because I did it recently. But yeah, I don't think it's something that I'm going to remember down the line. But when I have to remember a certain like decision in a side quest from Mass Effect, I, I remember it and I remember why I chose it. And it just I don't know. I feel like they were trying to go for it and they just missed it. And I hope that they they find that sauce that they're they're trying to make for the third one because I want to love this game. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I want to say that this is definitely a little bit better than the first, like if, if I, like when I give my score, this will be a higher score than the first one I gave. That said, it's not like, like I said, two steps forward, one step still stuck in the mud. Like there are yeah. things that just needed to change in the perverse game that didn't. We talked about a lot of it has to do with gameplay, progression, item, itemization, all that kind of stuff. I think where they really nailed it, they definitely improved story questing um there's still room to improve i mean they definitely improved writing
0: dialogue characters all that let's put it this way i like i cared about the plot of this game within hours whereas i never cared much about the plot of horizon zero dawn
2: yeah yeah it's fair enough
0: the, the the plot of this game just hit me so much better and i cared about it so much i cared about like concluding it and seeing what happens much more actively than than I ever did with with its predecessor.
1: Yeah, like the the combat in this game, the enemy design, the the visuals, even the facial animations were and body language were oh, yeah, so we, top tier.
0: We didn't really talk about they that. They were on
1: the level of The Last of Us, like honestly, and for for that to happen outside of cutscenes is just like phenomenal.
0: Yeah, like my biggest complaint or one of my biggest complaints about the first game was that conversations would just bore me to tears because the characters were just, they they were just lifeless and they wouldn't, they were not expressive and they wouldn't move and it was just two talking heads. And this time is totally different. My yeah. only, the only problem is I still wound up getting bored eventually because there was just so much of it. Too much, yeah. My, my attention span can only last so long when there's so much shit.
1: But the thing is, Mass Effect has 10 times more dialogue than this game and it yeah, it's engaging, you it's know.
2: Cuz you have agency over what's going on in those conversations that's a, just, lot times,
0: a lot of times and a lot of a lot of times in Mass Effect 2 I would tune out if I'm being honest. At least with the first one. We'll see how it is with, right, with 2 right. and 3, but like I would tune out a lot. Yeah, no, now, Mass
1: Effect 2, I mean, anyway, I don't want to keep comparing, but the point yeah. I'm trying to make is yeah. that there's like a lot of good here and it's being <laughs> dragged down by the excessive rpg mechanics it's being dragged down by the repetitive kind of boring dialogue for the most part not all of it um and even the story is being dragged down in a way by its own like subplots and like really not knowing where to go with it so there's so much good there but i feel like the bad is kind of outweighing the good a little bit and i don't like Mm -hmm. that
0: yeah i I, i i said it before i'll say it again this game really really wants to be an rpg and it's just it just doesn't get what that means and right. this game definitely this one comes a lot closer than the first one oh yeah mechanically speaking it comes a lot closer to being an rpg but i still don't feel it's an rpg because i still feel if you strip out a lot of the rpg mechanics it's a that better throw game in, it's a it's yeah it's a better game it's a, it's still a functional game those things aren't necessary they're just added in to make the game more gamey and it just isn't needed yeah, because you can have a much tighter, much cleaner experience without a lot of that crap. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I'll I, just say
1: uh, off the bat, like I was sure that Horizon Forbidden West was going to be at least my top two favorite games of all time. I mean, of twenty
2: twenty two. Yeah, it was going to be like a vault. All time. time? No,
1: no, definitely Damn. not. <laughs> um and thus far it's like of the three games that i played this year that i really liked it's my least favorite yeah. and like i like sifu more i like Elden fair, more. i don't
0: know that any of us like expected to like sifu as much as we did no that's true <laughs> yeah true. that game is pretty bomb <laughs> um but okay are we good for the final question yeah and you know, we've kind of already talked about it you get to sum up in a couple words but There's inevitably going to be a sequel to this game. What are you looking forward to the most from that game?
1: (laughs) Taking out all the bullshit. (laughs) Yeah! yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think we've said enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really for me it's just scale down. And I know that's not going to happen, unfortunately. like That's not how these things work. They don't typically scale down. They only just go up from where they're at. Uh, But I really hope that they will. I really wish that they would um
1: yeah and there's a big group of people that are either new to games or they just really vibe with that open world ubisoft style type of game that like you're gonna love this game and i'm not gonna minimize your experience but i've just played so many of these that i'm just sick and tired of it that's what it is i'm an old disgruntled jaded and gamer
0: and what's concerning is like this is this is kind of an approach that sony first party titles are more often than not taking um, you know, we got Horizon Zero Dawn was the 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 first uh the first one to do it, and then Days Gone was an open world game just like it. God of War was not open world; it was more what I'd call wide linear, but it still had a lot of which like, is what I kind of think these games should be. Yeah, yeah, and I, very, I don't disagree with that Very wide linear. Still, because it still has lots of, it has like a good amount of compelling content, but not so much that it overwhelms you. And there's still plenty of secrets and things to find in each area that you visit. Um, but uh, th- 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 that being said, like we also got like, Ghost of Tsushima, another open world game with lots of icons on the map, things to do. And it's like I and even The Last of Us Part 2 had an open area section, although that game was still what I'd still call that a very linear uh, story based, chapter based game um
1: yeah. that doesn't
0: fall into a lot of these even though it had much more open areas to explore and one that was like very open worldy um it, it still is a very uh narrow game which good yeah uh, more of those please <laughs> seriously um, i don't want to spend 80 hours on every fucking game that i play yeah. I uh, I really really don't. I just want
1: to miss the formula, you know? I want to miss the open world formula. Yeah. I don't know at this point when that, how that's even possible cuz so many games are doing it, but yeah, where's, like where's I think 10 years world from world now nostalgia. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. Uh Jason, did you have any anything or do you just agree with us?
2: No, I'm trying to think of what score to
0: give it. Oh, okay. I'm, we I'm genuinely into... conflicted. Nikki rating. I'm genuinely think... conflicted. I think you gave Zero Dawn a Six, 7. No, I gave it a 6.5. Did you give it a 6.5? I think. I thought I it was a 7.
1: I thought, maybe he said 7 and it was like, nah, fucking 6.5. No, I
0: think I think it landed on a 7. But I could be wrong. Shit.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> th- I've been thinking this all time, it was 6.5. Alright, I'm assuming that I gave the last one a 6.5. In which case, I would give this one a 6.9.
0: What? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Health brush, salves, berries, whatever the fuck it is in this game. So if you actually did give Horizon Zero Dawn a 7, what would this be? A 7.4 then? Yeah. Okay, there we go. It's either a (laughs) 6.9 or a 7.4. A point, a a point 4 increase from whatever Jason's score of Zero Dawn was. Let's call it that. Sound good, yeah. For all the for all the people who need a score, that's your score right there.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I think the person that needs a score most is you, but that's neither here nor. I, I. I don't
2: know because, like, my score. If you looked over all the episodes, like it makes no sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. I say. Yep. All right. Uh. Delilah, what you doing? What you working on?
1: I've been streaming Elden Ring and also doing a full playthrough of it on YouTube where I edit out all the chat and stuff. It's assassina underscore San, and I- I'm obsessed with that game, and I have to play Final Fantasy tomorrow, so I'm hoping that it grabs me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, me too, for reasons we'll get into Oh, shoot. Yeah, I usually uh- <laughs> keep that vague. <being> my bad. <laughs> uh, Jason, what are you working on? Anything?
2: uh i try to play elden ring been working a lot but whenever i'm working I'm thinking uh elden ring and um i don't know how delilah must be really fucking good at those games because she's like she was like half my she, level and she
0: does play a lot of them yeah yeah <laughs> I'm
2: and, okay. uh, yeah we probably yeah. won't get around to talking about that game on on here because that's a that's a big ass game
0: yeah but. maybe maybe someday we'll see it's it's a it's a big commitment.
2: Someday, I suppose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I write a weekly newsletter for From Gamers Magazine. Uh, you can subscribe to that at fromgamers.net/newsletter. I'll put a link in the description. i um, having fun with that. So yeah, go check that out. And yeah, Jason, what's the next game we're
2: uh? We're killing some uh, chaos. Get some- <laughs> Stranger, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin.
0: Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> I'm excited. That's real, I'm excited. The real um, watch. The real, I'm gonna, like...
2: I'm gonna love it for some reason, some ironic gonna... reason
0: like all so like today the the review embargo went up and a lot of people's reviews came out and like it it really is all over the place like there are eights and nines and there's also like ones and twos
1: really and
0: it's just like yeah because but it's like people that are just like this game is too ridiculous and it's like so final fantasy Fantasy. and i i would argue that like people are reviewing this as a souls as a souls-like game and i feel like it's it's not like by default. A yeah. Says, like, it'll, it'll
2: it'll be interesting because Final Fantasy, Mark, it's it's you and I, it's our it's our favorite series. Yeah. So our emotions get high when it comes to yeah. any Final Fantasy game. Remember, we, we said Final Fantasy 15 was our game of the year
0: that year. Do we still hold true to that in hindsight? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't even tell you another 2016 game that came out that I played that I liked more than that so yeah, maybe in hindsight yeah that's still my my game of the year that year but like you know i i bet that game is very flawed but and i'm sure this game will be too but it looks fun and that's all i care about and i just want to see uh jack garland fuck shit up yeah um and 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 talk about how much he wants to kill chaos so that that that's what i'm here for and yeah if you want to play that game, join us next episode for that. Uh, If you liked this episode, if you're listening on YouTube, thank you. Uh, Please, please give it a like, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment, tell us what your least favorite thing to do in this game was. Uh, Not your most favorite. We don't care about that. We want to know what your least favorite (laughs) thing is. Just let us know in the comments. I Um, I feel
2: bad because like, and it's very telling. We were so into the characters and talking about them. And then we just got to, the game
0: yeah like i know I, I, like if this was a good game and i do think it's like s- so much better than the first one in ev- nearly every way yeah except the scope just did not need to increase as much as it did yeah but anyway yeah like if you like this episode yeah let, let us know uh if you if you listened on apple podcasts Thank you. Rate and review the show. Five stars preferred. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. Please, please rate and review the show. I would appreciate it so much. And if you listen everywhere else and you can't rate, review, like, or subscribe, or whatever the hell, still thank you for listening. I appreciate it so much. We appreciate it so much. And uh, share the show with whoever you can and join us next month for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Thanks for listening. I don't give a
2: fuck killing some chaos. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs)